Hello and welcome to the Mild and Lazy Guys podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Andrew. And on today's episode, we've got a loaded junk mail segment for you. We've got a double dose of Mount Rushmore with our favorite sandwich shops and our favorite frozen pizzas. We've got Pick Your Poison. Of course, we've got a movie review for you. We reviewed the 1994 Disney film Camp Nowhere. Um, we've got sports. We're going to talk about a little Dallas Mavs, a little Cowboys, a little college football, and then we're going to wrap it up, of course, with what are we watching and what are we listening to, and we may even tease a couple new segments. Uh, but before we get started, if I could, can I get you to please rate and review us if you haven't already on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and please give us a follow on Instagram at Mild and Lazy. So what's up, man? Oh, <clears throat> you ever have those days where like you make plans, everything sounds good, and then nothing goes according to plan? Oh yeah, like all the time, right? It's like my like life? On, your, on your days off, yeah. yeah. So that was the plan on Monday. Um, we were gonna go to Forever Young Records. I was gonna ask how all that went. You'll find out. <laughs> and we were gonna go to a Texas Roadhouse. Had a gift card, so oh, like it. on the way, yeah. We had you know great lunch. We were gonna just shop for records, so. Before we leave, you know, we're kind of thinking like, well, fuck, man, Grand Prairie's kind of far, and start talking yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. So so Claire's like, well, let's just go to Mansfield. You know, that's where Texas Roadhouse is. They have a half-price book. We can look at records there. So we take her car. I'm driving, of course, and I don't have my sunglasses, so I have to, like, wear, like, her extra diva, like, wing-tipped turquoise with like pink shaded sunglasses but you gotta do what you gotta do yeah dude i have I, I get like headaches man when that sun comes out like i got sensitive eyes so driving to mansfield and i'm at the point like i don't know where texas roadhouse is i just know it's here so i'm in like this come up to a red light i'm on the service road there's three lanes i you know sometimes it's like okay middle lane it's either like straight or it's like turn left yep so i'm like i don't know so i'm like i'm just gonna stay in the middle lane and then i don't know if i need to turn or what well, I did need to turn up middle lane straight only, left mm-hmm. lane's left only, right lane's right only. So I just stop in the middle of the right lane, put my blinker on, because there's only a couple cars, right? There's like four cars coming, one car behind me, no one's in the right lane. So I was like, okay, someone's going to just let me in real quick and I'll make it to the light. So I'm sitting there for just a couple seconds and the guy behind me just starts laying on his horn, like just laying on his horn. I look back, he's flipping me off all aggressively because <laughs> I'm sitting in this lane for a good five <laughs> seconds. And I look over, right lane's clear, man. I'm like, you know, go around me. Like, just put your blinker on and go straight through the line. But then all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? Fuck this guy. Like, he's not going to get away with that. So right before the light turns yellow, I he go he finally goes around me. I just straight gun it. I go through the light with him. And as he's like, he probably thought, you know, like, clean getaway. He's turning into this, um, I don't know, if it's like a Starbucks now. And I gun it, pull up right to him. I lay on my horn. He look, makes eye contact. I make, like, my... Was it Michael Scott gangster face? And I'm flipping him <laughs> off. And I feel like I'm such a badass. I'm oh, so tough. God. Driving away. And then I look up in the mirror and I'm wearing my diva sunglasses. <laughs> I got my hair pulled back in a ponytail. And I'll tell Real Claire, I was, like, I was like, I look like uh, like a bearded Thelma or Louise right now. Like I thought I was so cool, so tough. And yet I just look like a bearded lady who's like super <laughs> aggressive. So we just got a good laugh out of that. And then, so Texas Roadhouse. 
we were like, oh, the whole way we're like, this is going to be so good. We're looking up the menu. Got some rolls, some yeah, cinnamon like, butter. We, we had a $50 gift card. So we're like, oh, dude, we're going to get appetizers. We're going to get a steak. <laughs> so we get there at like 1130 or whatever. They don't open until 3 o'clock. It's like dinner only. 3 o'clock to like 10 o'clock is their hours. I knew that, but I didn't remember that until you just said I, something right yeah, now. I would have never thought that. So we had to call an audible. Didn't go to Forever Young. We went to Half Price Books. Uh, didn't go to Texas Roadhouse. We went to On the Border. On the Border is still solid, though. Like, I, that was all good. But, um, yeah, it had half-price books. No good record selection at all. Like, it was all, like... Old stuff, right? Old, like, Christmas records. Yeah. Terrible soundtracks. But I did get a Fuji CD, Grateful Dead, and a NASCAR Monopoly board game. Nice. So, still a win. So, yeah. we just went to a couple stores there and then, like, just came back in town. But, yeah, we had this day planned out. Nothing went according to plan. We had to call an audible on everything. But it was still a good time. You know, anytime you're day off, you're not working. It's a pretty good day. And then I went to my dad's this past week when we couldn't record and had all these grand plans of fixing my truck up. I was going to help him fix up my sister's car. Nothing happened. Like, everything failed. My dad was so pissed off. He was just, like, throwing stuff around and cussing because we couldn't accomplish anything. We ended up just going to Wendy's and getting lunch and just hanging out. And I watched... um some of the uh, Euro tournament there, which pissed my dad off more because he hates soccer. I made him watch <laughs> soccer with me because we couldn't accomplish anything. That's but still yeah, a win. Didn't, didn't accomplish anything like all week, but here I am with you. That's good. That's still a win, I That's guess. That's a win in my book. Uh, yeah, same. I mean, nothing really going on. Um, we've been taking Landry lately to the uh, public pool here, like the Epitha Optimist. Uh, the Patrick? Like yeah, off off Water Street. Pro- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right yeah dude, it's not a bad deal, man. They, they, like, re- they, they redid, redid it. it. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a slide and stuff. They got like three slides now. Um, it's not a bad deal. Like you get in for me, Lauren, and Landry get in for thirteen dollars. Like all day pass. Yeah, all day, and then you can bring a cooler. Um, I don't know about alcohol. I don't know. What are they gonna do? Uh, but you can bring a cooler, so you can pack a lunch, you know, you can spend a few hours there. I know? thought it was totally free. I didn't realize you had to pay. It's no, like a, it's not I free. It was a public pool. Even at public pools, you got to pay. I don't pay to go to the public park or the public schools or public hey, library. Man, I don't make the rules. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, so we've been, we did that a couple of days last week. Um, it's a good way to kill a couple of hours. And then Landry had a second baseball game. It was better. We got the W. Nice. Landry went two for two. It's an RBI and a run scored. Little Mike Trout. Stayed on the baselines. So we worked on the baselines. Let the bat go when he made contact. Let the bat go. He didn't. Dude, that's progress. He didn't wield it through the infield like a (laughs) fucking madman like last time. Uh, Yeah, other than that, just hanging out. Um, I got him playing Battlefield, and he's a psycho. Like, he just wants to stab people. I'm like, you realize you have a gun, right? He's like, nah, I just want to stab him, Dad. Where's my knife? Oh, my God. We'll monitor so, that situation. Yeah, keep an eye on it. Uh, but yeah, just work and yeah. Can I get something off my chest? I, I hear the and I just have. I'm not in my car very much. Um, you know, just to and from work and maybe if I leave for lunch. But I always and it's always on the fan because I'm not in my car long enough to like hook up my phone, find something on Spotify, or start a podcast. So it's usually it's just on the fan. Which is sports radio if you guys uh, aren't in yeah, Dallas. Um, and I always catch it like in commercial break. And there's this one commercial that always just kind of bugs me. And it, they're they're talking about like uh, not leaving your kids in the car. Oh, but don't to set a reminder on your to phone. To set a reminder on Yeah, because your phone's important enough to, to remember to or, check that. Or they say put something in the back that's important for a reminder. And I'm like, 
put like something in the back, like I don't know, like your fucking child. Yeah, like the most important thing in your like, world. Like, is that where we're at? Like, I've seen that where they were like, always check your, always check your phone for a reminder. To don't forget your kid. It's like, yeah, if you check need your a, phone, but don't check. For if your you kid. need a reminder to re- remember your kid, you shouldn't have them. There should seriously be tests to have to if you're fit for parenthood. Yeah, I totally agree. The something in the back that's important is your child. Like that is, it just irks me every time I hear it. Yeah, you're gonna hear them for a few more months too because yeah, because they'll give you the statistics and it's very sad. But it's like, I mean, you got to be a fucking idiot to do that. I think some people do it just do it on purpose. I'm not saying all of them do, but certain cases, I I, I could never like forget about my kid in the car. Cause, well, first of all. Our kids are old enough where they're talking to us the whole time. You know, I'm having, oh, yeah. I, won't I, picked, forget I him. picked up Ellie from daycare today. First thing she wanted to do is play Mario Kart. So we're talking about what characters we're going to be. Yeah. She, I had to be baby Mario to her baby Peach. But the whole time she's just talking Seems about. Seems fair. Yeah. She wants to know, like, what characters have we not unlocked yet and all this. So we're having conversations, obviously deep intellectual conversations sure. the whole way yep. home. Yeah. But I guess it's like. If Some your real kids, Mensa like, stuff there. <laughs> I guess if it's like your kid's like a baby or not quite talkative yet, but then it's like. If you're a good parent, your kid's pretty much always on your mind when you're when you're trying to, you know, go to and from somewhere. It's just ridiculous. Um anyway, um so yeah, that's about it. Um so with that said, let's get on to the junk mail segment. All right, and to start off the junk mail, we're going to we're going to freestyle a little bit this week. We don't have anything printed out. We're not really going to look at our phones. Uh, we're just going to kind of bring up some topics. No, you can look at you to bring, you know, for facts. <laughs> just pulled one up. Yeah. Um, so if you hadn't seen Tour de France is going on this year or right now. Um, and did you see the lady that caused the crash with the sign? Yeah, I saw her okay. trying to stick her, her big fat elbows out there to give a shout out to grandma and grandpa. Yeah. So <laughs> this lady is on, they're on, you know, Tour de France, it's a road race. So they're on the it's, side. For of those the who don't know, it's, it's a bicycle race in France. Yeah, yeah. Lance Armstrong cheated like seven times in one. Yeah. Well, he lost a nut. So maybe he deserved one or two of those. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, all right. We're, we come to, conclusion. we digress. Fuck uh, so yeah, so they're coming through and there's spectators lining the road and there's this lady with a huge, what was it like yellow sign, orange sign? Yeah, it's very bright to get your attention. And she is just like sticking out in the road, and she hits one guy, and they're all clumped together. They're it's, all grouped together. Yeah. So it's a domino effect. One guy hits her, and then it caused a major pileup. Like one dude, I think three dudes ended up going to the hospital that day. Another two finished the stage, and then had to go to the hospital the next day. She fled the scene. Well. Interpol got involved, and in do we really have nothing better to do for Interpol to do than to go track down the sign lady? I think it was just like everyone was just so intrigued as to to, to conclusion. Because once I saw it, it's like, oh, this idiot, you know, she caused a crash. That's one thing. But then it's like, and then she fled the scene, and she can't be found. And it's like, well, now you kind of got my attention. Well, they found her, like, holed up somewhere. Like, <laughs> yeah, in like she's like, like Osama bin Laden style. Yeah. Like, like she fled, like tried to flee the country and like couldn't you didn't get bomb, out. You didn't bomb anybody. You <laughs> just know. caused an That's accident. That's why I was like, I'm pretty sure they just want like an apology. You know, like I don't think they're going to press charges. Well, like what would the charge be? They are going to press charges. Interfering with a bicycling I, contest? Fuck, I don't know. They take that shit seriously, apparently. Apparently very serious. But they, she like, could be to sued. To me, it's more embarrassing than anything. She like, could be sued. Like if some of the riders have more than like three months worth of like, I, I read it. And this is why we usually print stuff out and, and have it ready to go. But if they're out like 
longer than three months and they lose like income, then she could potentially be sued. Well, yeah, that's true. I, I, I didn't think about that, but if you're costing someone money because of your actions and they can't make a living, was that like punitive damages? Mm, I think so. Then she could be held like liable. Here's an that. idea. Just scoot everybody back a good yeah. six feet. Yeah. Problem solved. I mean, she was like, you could tell like where the fan line was and she had her half her body sticking out with her arms extended to hold this sign out. <laughs> he that demolished basically said her. like, hey, grandma and grandpa. Yeah, that's all it said. And it just caused like this international That guy like, demolished surge. her. Oh, yeah. She got, she got pounded down. That didn't sound good. Hi-oh. <laughs> she got railroaded over. Hi-oh. <laughs> But yeah, the domino effect was pretty clear. Then they had like aerial footage, so it's like you see see all these these guys eating shit. Yeah, going down. But Uh, the best part, just to say hi to Grandma Grandpa, and then tried to flee the country, and Interpol got involved. So that alone makes it newsworthy. Yeah, it was it was crazy scenes. Um, So our next story, um, let's talk about Bill Cosby because Bill Cosby. (laughs) That's a weird segue, but. Mark that off your bingo card. Um, Bill Cosby is getting released. All his charges have been dropped. Yep. Um, This was like breaking news today from Reuters. This is Bill Cosby, home from prison after court reverses sexual assault conviction. Uh, He was freed from prison and returned home on Wednesday less than two out. Less than two hours after Pennsylvania's highest court overturned his sexual assault conviction, saying he never should have faced charges after striking a non-prosecution deal with the previous district attorney more than 15 years ago. The Pennsylvania Supreme Court issued a split decision after Cosby served more than two years two years of a three- to ten-year sentence following his 2018 conviction, prompting outrage from sexual assault victims and their advocates. Uh, he was basically... As soon as he got like got word, they said like hours later he was already at his um. How did they describe it? Around an hour later, he arrived at his stately stoned mansion in Elkins Park, a Philadelphia suburb. So it's just bullshit that, because to make that deal fifteen years ago, there had to been like an admission of guilt. It's kind of like a non disclosure agreement. Like you know you fucked up, but we're not going to talk about it. You're going to sign this document. Um, well, so I think got this sweetheart deal. Well, I think it's one of those deals where like. Yeah, it's just if it wasn't Bill Cosby, and I think now it it's gonna it's gonna make people more upset now because of all the stuff that's come out. Harvey Weinstein, um, Weinstein, yeah, the the Steen, Weinstein, Weinstein, Steinstein. I don't know. Bernstein Bears, Bernstein Bears. That's think about that one. I know. I've thought about it. That's a Mandela effect. Yeah, it really is. Um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. All this stuff that's coming out about Hollywood. You know, well, if you're rich and powerful, yeah, you can obviously cut tremendous deals that normal people just can't. I think it's a lot. It's hard for a lot of people to wrap their mind around it because Bill Cosby was like a father figure to a lot of people in the eighties. That must have been a different generation because to me, I I've seen reruns of Crosby Show growing up, and I remember him like always selling pudding pops and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I don't care if it was like you know, name your favorite person growing up, like. Robin Williams or Troy Aikman, I was like, if they, you know, drugged women and raped them, fuck them, man. They should go. They should die in prison. Yeah. There's nobody that I think is above, you know, like they said, no one's above the law, but we know plenty of people with money are above the law. But, you know, it's like, I I understand he was like America's father at one point with that show, but it's like, yeah. And during that time, he was drugging and raping women. So why are we even still talking about it? Like, he should already be. You know, and he should be dying in prison right now. Let's be honest. Like, what are you doing at your house that you could you aren't doing in jail? 
well, how old is he? Like eighty something. He said he was eighty three. Yeah, eighty three. Dude, you're sitting around drooling on yourself. Like you could do that in prison. You don't deserve to. No. No. He he's probably got you know new bed sheets. He's watching TV right now. Fuck that guy. Anyway, <laughs> he should uh, at least be like you know house arrest for the remainder of his seven year sentence. Yeah, you're gonna because it was here. three to ten. He served two. You know, like okay, well then for the rest of the term, you're 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 stuck here. Like no one wants to go to fucking Whole Foods and see Bill Cosby. No, <laughs> especially women. Yeah, exactly. And like they said, like all the all the victims and uh, the advocates, like I mean, that's just got to be infuriating, man. Mm. Because for decades he went like unchecked. You know, he did that. You know, since the '80s that we know of, '80s, '90s, 2000s, the aughts, which you know I guess is what they call them, until he finally got convicted. It's like he had decades run of. Rape, drugging and raping women that he got away with it and that's finally usually, got caught and then he served like two years and that's usually how it goes look at um sandusky he had decades and decades of grooming and he's he's never getting out though no and same thing with um the michigan or the um damn what was that little poindexter he was the um for the olympic gymnastic team yeah nacier mm-hmm. yeah like same thing like they said he had he had like hundreds of victims, dude. Over like his wasn't as long, so that just means he was just like it was more prolific. More prolific, yeah. yeah. Which is still extremely fucked up. But yeah, it's like they, they they do that. They get hundreds of charges, so they should stay in for hundreds of years until they die. I think, yeah, they should let them out in gin pop. Oh, absolutely. That's the lowest. When you're talking about young girls, you know, little girls, fuck that. Cut their nuts off and let. Let them bleed out. I'm cool with that. All right. Something a little lighter. Yeah, other than cutting their nuts off, letting them bleed out. Have you heard, did you hear the Ben Zobra story? Yeah, I did. That's that's kind of a, not a great segue, because it's not like a happy story. No, but This is a pretty shitty story, too. It's lighter. It's lighter than bloodletting somebody. We're going from, like, Wesley Snipes dark to, like, Jamie Fox Fox dark. Jamie L. Fox. Jamie Fox dark. Okay. Still pretty dark. In case you don't know, Ben Zobris, he is a former baseball player. He was the 2016 World Series MVP. Uh, he has made a claim against his former pastor that him and his wife had an affair. Zobris's wife. Zobris's wife and the pastor had been having an affair. For what, like a year or two? For a year. Yep. So... Uh, the 2016 World Series MVP made the claim against Forrest Crane and co-CEO Brian Yawn in a May lawsuit that the Journal Star reported Monday. Zobris claimed his wife and Yawn had an affair while Yawn was in their pastor at Community Bible Church in Nashville. According to the paper, Yawn served as the couple's pre- and post-marital counselor, and he oh. had... Yeah. So Damn. this dude... So he suggested... He was the one who suggested that they... He he give his wife space. Yeah, so he could fuck he her. He could slide in. Yeah, and piece of shit. Pipe her down. Pipe her down. <laughs> That's a classy way to put it. Hey, yeah. why don't you take some space away so I can pipe her down? <laughs> so give your wife this pipe. <laughs> um, yeah, good suggestion. Try to try to smooth talk your wife tonight. And ask her if she wants a good piping down. Hey, you want to get piped? <laughs> <laughs> See how that goes. 
I can already tell you it won't work. Uh, <laughs> Jan served as the couple's pre and postmarital counselor and that he and Juliana had started talking more in 2018 and then had a sexual relationship in 2019. Jan's wife, Robin, so the pastor's wife, reportedly found prepaid phones that the two were using yeah. to contact. So this isn't like, oh, whenever we see each other, like they, they got burner accounts. They got burner they phones. like met up at all these secret places. CD motels. Hey, you know what? I wish I was lucky enough to marry a World Series MVP. Dude, and she's a smoke show. Well, I bet. Yeah, he's a World Series. She's a smoke show, and he looks like he should be working at UPS. Fuck UPS. Fuck UPS. Shout out. Fuck UPS. Fuck you. Matt's a little angry today if you can't tell over <laughs> something that didn't come in the mail or by, uh, by the UPS. Um, post office would deliver that That's what you, I said. I said the post U- office USPS would wouldn't have let me down like I, this. You, if it came through us, you could have just texted me. I would have gotten it for you. Yeah. Man. I would no. have like signed for it or taken position, brought it over. Um, Yeah, see? Smoke show. She got horse teeth. I don't know, man. That's a bad angle. She's a as show. if I'm like a total ten over here <laughs> judging bi- her. You, you know what? She's a cheating bitch, so she's ugly. That's you described yourself as a bearded lady earlier. So <laughs> look at that beautiful smile of his. He, you don't. She doesn't deserve you, Ben. <laughs> Jan's wife, Robin, reportedly found four prepaid phones, and she alerted the former major league player of the alleged affair, initially believing that they were they, that they were in an emotional relationship. Joanna Juliana Zobris would later admit to having the sexual relationship in June 2020 via their divorce proceedings. Jan is also accused of having Zobris sign autographs, get baseball tickets for games, host events at his home, and send personal messages to newly baptized members of the church. So not only are, are you fucking my wife, but you have me signing autographs. Tickets, all this for the church. Exploiting his fame, yeah, yeah, for the gain of the church. Well, the best part is, and I'm no deport, divorce attorney, but even without a prenup, I would think if she's the one having the affair, he can just cut her off. and be Hopefully. Like, yeah, because I would imagine a guy like that, I mean, we've talked about it, even if you're a low-level like bench player, what, $30 million in the bank at least? He probably signed a couple of contracts. Tens yeah. of millions would say, I'd say, okay, well, have fun with Forrest. You know, like Ben Zobris can go get whoever he wants now. So get this. And deservingly so, he should get him a nice lady. Get this. The suit also claimed that Jan received $3,500 monthly checks from a nonprofit Zobris founded for two months after he was fired as the executive director. So all that, he got his wife, he got all that, all the perks of him being famous, Damn. plus $3,500 a month. That guy sounds like a true piece of shit. So... Ben Zerbus in May 2019 filed for legal separation from Juliana, alleging uh, that she, quote, has been guilty of inappropriate marital conduct, unquote. According to the Tennessean, he filed for separation in Tennessee, while Juliana filed for divorce in Illinois, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. Zobrist at the time took a leave of absence from baseball. He rejoined the Cubs in September 2019 and would later retire at the conclusion of the 2019 season. Juliana Zobrist, a Christian pop singer, has sung the national anthem at several Cubs <laughs> oh games. Yeah, in the I'm past sure she's so good. And performed God Bless America before a 2016 World Series game at Wrigley Field. What a. I'm not going to say that word. What a bitch. What a C word. What a C word. You want me to say it for you? Say I'll it, say dude. it. What a cunt. What a see you next Tuesday. I'll cunt. <laughs> so you're ruining it for all these good ladies that are out there. Fucking the pastor, huh? That's the pastor was like, hey, you know what? Just take some time. I guess you could say he put the Holy Spirit in her. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I don't have any Christian jokes. Did he? He gave her the Trinity and the pink, two and the pink and one of the stink. Is that the Holy Trinity? 
It could be, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if it's coming from a pastor. Did he give her his holy water? Yeah, all over her face. Ooh, that went dirty on that one. Okay. All right, moving (laughs) on. And with that, let's move on to our Mount Rushmore segment. Now, this is a much lighter segment. This is a much lighter. This is much lighter. We're talking about sandwiches. I'm about to talk about so passionately about something. It's going to blow your minds. But as I mentioned, we're going to give you a bonus Mount Rushmore, but we're going to start with our favorite sandwich shops. And we're not talking... We're not talking burgers. We're not talking anything like that. This is a sandwich. This is our favorite sandwich shops. Some are local. Some are national chains. Yeah, I Um, saw your list, and yours is like... It's just by reckoning, I would say yours is probably better. No, no, no. As long as we can agree... to like the core, like two or three. As long as we can agree on our number one. Jersey Mike's is number one. Jersey Mike's is number one. Always. We're going to spoil it. Jersey Mike's is on both of our lists. It easily number one, easily. and if you've never had Jersey Mike's, Dude, you, what are you doing? You need to go to Jersey Mike's and get you a number thirteen. They got them in New Jersey. There's a couple down here. The original Italian. Yep, you got to get it Mike's way. Yep, always. I always add mayonnaise, but the oil and the vinegar, the red wine vinegar, is what sets it off. It is so good. And the and like when you order it, so they have like the counter behind it, like the glass counter, and they'll be like, they'll take the meats out and the cheese and they'll start shaving it right now. And they there shave it for you. your sandwich. Yeah, they were like, oh, they're making my sandwich right now. So yeah. it's not like Subway where they just pick up cold cuts. Speaking of Subway, did you read that uh, their tuna their sandwich not tuna. doesn't have any tuna yeah, DNA in it? Not any, like 0%. So what, what are you serving? I just put on here. No, I, I won't give it away yet. What are you serving <laughs> me? It's, Another it's reason not why. Tuna. Subway is a garbage. They're they're trash cans. Yeah, set them on fire. Don't well, what sucks is set them you on know fire. when it comes to like market share of that space, they dominate it. Well, because they're like the official sandwich or the they're I think they're actually the official like sponsor, not even sandwich of like the NFL. I'm sure they are. And the same people who keep Subway open are the same people that think Denny's is good and fucking Olive Garden and Chili's. I knew you were going to go Olive Garden. <laughs> You've been railing against Olive Garden for like a year. It's not and, good. And their previous spokesman turned out to be a huge pedophile sex offender. Because people have this tendency to just want to shove garbage food in their mouth. Well, also what I think with Subway is like there's just locations everywhere. They, they probably have a thousand locations where Jersey Mike's is just now, you know, trying to catch up to those numbers. Uh, I'll drive for Jersey Mike's. Oh, yeah, I will, too. Don't get me wrong. So Jersey Mike's, that's on ours. Why don't you give me uh, your next one? No more for me. We got it coming in soon. It's Firehouse Subs. I love Firehouse. I looked on their menu for all these so I could give out some of my favorites because we're like total fat kids here. Their new one they have come out, it's the pepperoni pizza meatball. We're going to go get that. The hook and ladder is always good. Hook and ladder. And the Italian. Italian's good. I like the... uh, is it the Firehouse Club, I think? Yeah. Or Club on a Sub, that's what it is. Yeah, they club had like on clever little like pun names and stuff. And yeah. you know, before they had like their smorgasbord of like sauces, like mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll still do that. I don't know. I know they didn't like during like in the last year, but surely it'll come back. Just put a cap on it. You know? Yeah. Because yeah, that was know. always my favorite. I'd pick out like four sauces and go sit down and just like put them on each. I wouldn't like, I'm dousing it. Like I'm just got a witch's pot right here i wish we had video in. because you've got this like motion off all these two dicks dicks. On my face. <laughs> okay well i'm putting sauces on a sandwich matt uh, okay, I'm, no, not the, you're, I'm not ben zober's wife <laughs> you're jer- you're jerking off two dicks <laughs> two dicks not not one but two one on each 
cheek on my You're face. You're milking those bad boys okay, real good. Well, <laughs> that was an unexpected turn because I was just eating an imaginary sandwich <laughs> with extra sauce. Yeah, extra, extra <laughs> sauce. Don't, don't make a cum joke, dude. All right. Uh, Firehouse is mine, too, or on, on my list, too. It's great. And they're all hot. They're all hot. So yeah. Except they do have, like, ch- I think they have chicken salad and tuna. Um, but I would, I would try for the that? tuna. Jersey Mike's has good tuna, too. Don't know. I always get the same thing. Uh, I mix it up. I'll, I got their Philly cheesesteak once, and I know you had before, and it wasn't that great. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I don't love them. I, I got to give them tough love when they deserve it. It was lacking. I, I didn't like it at all. It was actually. lacking. Like, I got it one time, and I remember being, like, so disappointed because for us, you know, I'm not going to tell you, like, the towns, like, how far it is, but it's a good 15-minute drive Yeah. out of our way, maybe even 20. And I got that, that cheesesteak once and brought it home, and it was just, like, heartbreaking because I was like, I wasted – my one Jersey Mike's opportunity, like for this month or whatever, I was just so heartbroken. So yeah, that's I, why I do. It's good to stick to, yeah, stick I, to what you like. I got it the last, one of, time or time before last. I got it. It wasn't very good. No. Uh, my third, Number my three. third one is Jimmy John's. Nope. Okay, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I get their Italian nightclub, just kind of like Jersey Mike's club. Yeah, Italian nightclub because it's got all the Italian meats and they put uh, oil and vinegar on it. Very good, very good substitute. It's when hard I, to mess up like a good Italian. Well, it's sub. very good when I want a sandwich, but I can't like on my lunch break, and I can't drive to Midlothian, but I can go right there in town. So there's no lettuce on it because usually yeah, it's just yeah, lettuce you can get bread. lettuce and tomato. Yeah, they put about four handfuls of lettuce. Oh, I don't know. What's every a time I go there, it's about two slices of meat, Andre the Giant size portions of lettuce. Okay, in between I got bread. something for you. Why don't you say, "Hey, man, easy lettuce." I'll say no lettuce. And or then, no and lettuce. It'll just be a bread sandwich because that's all they put on is lettuce. Okay, you're throwing a lot of hate right now. <laughs> this is your list. You know I'm what? Sorry. Before we before we do food, Mount Rushmore's, I have to eat before I come over here because talking. I'm fat and I'm salivating. Oh, dude, I ate a big meal. We had leftovers from that crockpot meal the other day. Damn. So good, dude. I'm so hungry. Uh, yeah, Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's. It's quick. Three. It's easy. It's right here in town. Usually never lets me down. All right, what's your number three? Number three for me is Schlotzky's, also here in town. They got that sourdough bread. I usually go with the deluxe original. Don't get the original. You pay like an extra dollar and you get the deluxe, and it's like twice the amount of meat and cheese on it. It's ridiculous. You want to talk about lettuce. They don't, they put like, they have shredded lettuce, and they barely put, they put onions and black olives on theirs, bro. I give them props for the black olives. No, if you get the deluxe, I guarantee you, I'll take a picture next time, and it is like, 75 percent. if jimmy john uses two andre the giant handfuls schlotzky uses three no they don't Lies. it's a salad sandwich bro no now you're just going no. off of my shtick no. trying to get back at me it's not gonna work no schlotzky's is so much better dude and it's not and you know what schlotzky's austin based here in texas where's jimmy john's from you don't even know fuck i don't know you're gonna make me look it up all right got anything else to fucking say about schlotzky's yeah Funny name, Serious Sandwich. How about that? You're such a corporate whore. <laughs> I want endorsements, man. I want free sandwiches. You're such a corporate whore. Um, okay, my fourth one, it is, I don't know the history of it. I know they're popping up around Dallas, and I would guess from the name where they started. But they're up in Dallas. The one I go to is over by SMU. It's called East Hampton Sandwich Company. Oh, I think it's from East Hampton, yeah. Yeah, I would guess right it's from East Hampton. Mm-hmm. Um you want to talk about a damn good Philly? Yeah, I do. I love Phillies. They have a phenomenal Philly. Probably top two or three Phillies I've ever had. And then they serve these little shoestring fries, and they're crispy, 
and they're just amazing. And then they all, obviously they they're known for their lobster rolls, so you can go in there and get a lobster roll. And then they have all different kinds of salads and sandwiches. Um, but their Philly from there is phenomenal. It's very good. Would you say it was uh, up by SMU? There's a location oh, okay. up by SMU. Like literally, you could see part of the SMU campus from the from the door. So is it expensive? I picture it being expensive. Uh, it's like, I mean, if it caters to them. I think you can get out of there with the Philly fries and a drink for like eleven bucks. I was gonna say if it's under twelve, I'm in. Uh, eleven. That's 12 a whole bucks, big meal there. right there. That's feeding big dog over here, so that's good for me. All right, so what's your fourth <clears> one? My last one is a more local spot. I think they might only have the one location here in uh, downtown Waxhatchee, but it's Farm Luck. And it's just really cool inside. Reminds you like an old soda shop from like the 50s, you know, like all brick. Uh, one whole side um, is nothing but like windows. It's got a nice like few seats inside. It's got like a bar right there um, that you could sit at. Maybe it just has where you order at that bar. But anyways, um, it's just like generic. I always get like a club sandwich and we'll split like a cup of soup. You know, they got cookies, brownies. So it's and like, you know, soda pop. So it's like real just basic, just sandwiches, soups, treats, and soda. No, it's very good. It's local. Um, I've never really had anything bad out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a very good uh, chicken Caesar wrap. Yeah, Claire always gets like chicken, what's it called, chicken salad sandwiches? Chicken salad. They yeah. have two versions. They have like one like my mom would make where it's just like the chicken salad with like onion, celery, and all that. But then they have the one that my wife would get, which has fruit in nope. it, which that's a big no-no. No. See, like when I make tuna, we do it two different ways. I'll put in like, I'll boil an egg, put that up. I'll put in a, an onion, olives, jalapenos, and Claire's like apples and grapes. And I'm like, that's, that's, the way, that's, that's exactly like how you the, eat tuna. That's exactly the way we do it. Lauren likes all the crap, fruit in it. I'm like, nope. Yeah, like fruits and nuts. And I'm like, yeah. No. And I'm the guy that's like, no, you got to boil an egg. You got to chop up an onion. And she is not about any of that. Uh Jimmy John's started uh, in Charleston, Illinois, out of a garage. Well, that's cool, I guess. Yep. Sounds like why their sandwiches taste like shit, because they come straight from a garage. <laughs> from a lettuce gr- farm in Their Illinois. garage sandwiches. Yeah. Um, for me, I have dishonorable mention, and that would be Subway, which we cannot rail on enough. Subway fucking su- it's It's fake it's bread. The, it's the Denny's of sandwiches. Fake tuna. They're they're, it's basically sugar bread. There's no. Yeah, they're considered. Uh, they have to be considered pastries in Europe because they're. It contains so much sugar. And then my other one the right bread. here, I just put Jimmy John's lettuce sandwich. <laughs> my brother-in-law swears by it. Like Dakota, he he loves Jimmy John's, but I just don't think he's like been cultured like we are because he's too skinny. Very true. He's a little guy, so it's he, like we'd have to take him and like get him a real sandwich. Because I was like, you know, what's you know, like Jersey Mike never been there. It's like you're sitting here defending Jimmy John's is like the absolute best. You've never been to Jersey Mike's. No, Firehouse to me is above them. Is above Mike. no, it's uh, above was, Jimmy John's. But to give you that stink eye, no, what Jersey Mike's is my forever one. <laughs> that's, um, that's my ride or die. That's my ride or die bitch right there. <laughs> uh, I've got some honorable mentions. Uh, Potbelly. Yeah. I was a skeptical. Um, not bad. I mean, not bad, not great. Lauren took me there probably a few months ago. Not bad, not great. Pretty good. <laughs> Better than Subway. Uh, Texadelphia. Texadelphia. Um, it, you, it's anything cheesesteak. They got, you know, regular ribeye cheesesteaks. They got chicken cheesesteaks. They serve, like, seasoned waffle fries. Um, and then you can get, like, Philly fries where you take those seasoned waffle fries, some cheese, some Philly meat. Boom. All they good. have like a ranch bar 
they have different kinds of ranches. It's like self-serve. You get the little cup and you just get jalapeno ranch or olive oil ranch. I've never ranch. heard of a ranch bar before. No, dude, it's, that sounds like made for America. It's fantastic. It's made for me. Um, dishonorable mention. Have you ever been to Witch Witch? I was about to say, I forgot about Witch Witch. That place for a combo it. will run you about $26. That's why we do I remember one of the first times me and Lauren ever kind of went out. We went to Witch Witch. You're trying to impress her? <laughs> no, I didn't know. I just, we, you know, oh, you want a sandwich? Yeah, a sandwich is great. Walk in there. I order a sandwich for chips and a drink. She orders the same. And dude was like, uh, that'll be thirty six eighty three. I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I just ordered two sandwiches and two And drinks. you can ask Lauren. That was my legit reaction. I said, excuse me? <laughs> but, you know, I couldn't balk at that point because I hadn't sealed the deal. And you go, oh, yeah, yet. no problem. I got yeah. cash. I'm pull out the black card for this one. <laughs> Fuck that place, dude. That's highway robbery. And that's why no one goes to Witch Witch. Dude, that's why I don't for sure go to Witch Witch. Now but they did. get like four... Great sandwiches from Jersey Mike for that one. For price. sure. But they did have a cool collab with the Mavs a couple years back. They had like a Dirk sandwich there, I'm pretty sure. Uh, I forget what it was called, but they did a... Was it like bratwurst and <laughs> sauerkraut? I mean, what would be on that sandwich? Mooster cheese? Like, I don't I think know. you're looking for Munster. Munster. I always <laughs> say Munster. Claire always corrects me, and I'm always wrong. Oh, shit. Okay, so that was our favorite sandwich shops. Um Let's moving move, right along. Let's move along to the. <laughs> That's about to just start eating like whatever's around them. Uh, our favorite frozen pizzas. Uh, this kind of got brought up um, the other night because Andrew. I was bragging. He man. told me about this amazing meal he was going to have, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm probably just going to eat frozen pizza," because Lauren was at work, and when Lauren's at work, it's kind of just fend for yourself. Uh, so instead of a, feeling pity for you, I was like, "So what's your what's your choice? Like, what yeah, are you eating? Yeah, so I had to know." My number one, because you can't forget where you came from. You can't forget who was there for you when times were hard. And you could go in and you could get a pizza for 89 cents. And that is Totino's. Dude, I Those love, are perfect for one person. I love Totino's. Like, I would always get like an extra slice of cheese, like a provolone slice, and put like on, you know, like tear it in half and put it on there so it melts across you. Just Yeah. Like, and for one person, like. Perfect, dude. You can dock. Like you said, under a dollar, you can. Yeah. Have a well, good, they're not that way anymore, but like you know, back back in the college days, you know, they were under a dollar. Um, that the three meat, the pepperoni, even the cheese. The cheese, yeah. I like. I probably <clears> prefer <throat> actually just cheese because I don't, you know, any real meat dog. Well, that dog meat dog. Neither is a hot dog, but I'll munch down some hot dogs. Bro. <laughs> My dad always just calls them. Uh, Oh, uh, and I'm like, yeah, we're eating hot dogs. Oh, you're having more lips and buttholes. Like, <laughs> exactly. All. He's like, I'll never eat another hot dog. You watch a documentary or something. He's like, it's nothing but lips and buttholes. That's so fine. I'll dude. just send him a picture and be like, this is some good lips and buttholes <laughs> today. Uh, so Totino's is is yep. no order, but that's the first one on my list. It's on mine. Uh, but my first one, and again, can't forget your roots, like you said, because this is what we would always have at my house, at my grandma's house. Like even today at our house, what we get is we're a Red Baron family. Yeah, I put dollar for dollar to best value. They're like three fifty. You could dress them up a little bit extra, but they just have like and they're all like a thin crust right there. Mm-hmm. Always turn. I've never had a bad Red Baron. I've got Red Baron in the freezer at home. See, and that's what you were having the other day. That's what brought yeah. us up. You're having Red Baron. That's when I have. That's when that's my bougie pizza. When Damn, I can really? step it up a little. I got a bougie one coming up. Yeah, so do I. Red Baron. I just said it's the best value. <laughs> so it's like Red Baron, man. That's that's on my list. Uh, so I guess the third one on my list was. And it's a surprising one, and I, I held out on this place as much as I could. 
The wife loves it. And that's Aldi. Yeah, solid. Dude. I think everyone's wife loves Aldi. My wife loves Aldi. Aldi. Their pizza is good. They have egg rolls that are good. They have like Chinese like uh, fried rice. You're the like one that got me fried rice. That. Yeah, so every time we go, no, I get that. So good. Like everything some of the, really from Aldi's good. Like I could give a whole endorsement right now for Aldi. It, but if you've I've never learned, been, it's it's great. It's I've a learned awkward the first it, can, time. it can be hit or miss. Like some of their stuff, like the pizza, the egg rolls, those are good. But some I've had some things there. That nah, are, man, no way, no. Like I, I don't. I'm not even a big hummus fan, or I wasn't until like Claire started buying hummus. it. Am I saying that wrong too? No. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, no. I'm not cultured at all. But um, so it turns out like I like all that hummus. Uh, we get extra, like they got all the dips there. They just have the equivalent of everything. You know, it's like a knockoff or they even have name brand stuff there. So I completely agree with you. It's not on my list, but it would be on my honorable mention if I had honorable, but it's more dishonorable coming up. Uh, my second one, I, we, I just agreed. I'll just go back over. It was Tostino's as well. Third one for me is the California Pizza Kitchen. Mm-hmm. I and have that I, one. I don't know if they're like just in Target. It seems like that's the only place I find them. But I think they have, they have this, an HB maybe. Okay. They have this Sicilian that's really good. And then they have one that's like with white. Just like I think mm-hmm. it's called like a white, white pizza. Yep. And it's just like garlic sauce, white cheese. I want to say there might be chicken in it. But it's like Parmesan on there. And it's, it's delicious, dude. CPK is pretty good. You just appreciate CPK. Yeah, dude. CPK, bro. Right, have you C- ever been to a location? Like a they have like a brick they and have, mortar store? Yeah, yeah, they do. Of just pe- pizzas. California yeah, yeah. pizzas? Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah. I would have never thought that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do they really have like those Twix factories where there's one that makes left Twix and one that makes right Twix? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. That's correct as well. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, you kind of hit my last one. Uh, my honorable mention, I only have one, and that would be Tony's. Have you ever had Tony a Tony's pizza? Of course. Yeah. A little guy. A little that, that stereotypical typical Italian, Italian with like <laughs> a his Chef Boyardee ass <laughs> yeah. looking on there. It's like an orange box. Yeah, yellow I mean, orange Tony's box. Tony's growing up, of yeah. course. So I had Tony's. Uh, have you ever been so poor? And I've got to, I'm going to jump you real quick and give my dishonorable. Have you ever had any Conomax pizza? Never heard of that. It is prison grade pizza. And you can. Economax? Economax. Like Econo, okay. Like economy, like Economax. It's like blue with like a yellow ribbon at the top and it says Economax in black. Nope. To this day, I think you can get one for like 79 cents. Like a full size family pizza? No, I think it's like a Totino oh, size, okay. but still, like, it's prison pizza. It is terrible. Well, that's a dishonorable. That's a dishonorable. My last honorable, or my last one was, um, and this is my bougie one. Uh, I got them. I, I only got them because there was a coupon from like HEB for like two for like twelve dollars or whatever. Holy shit! Yeah, balls. they're expensive. It's the home run in pizza. I've never had those. Are they good? Oh my god, they're so good, dude! I just put there absolutely loaded. So we got like the whatever three meat it is, and you know most of the time it's like oh there's like four pepperonis here and a couple. Yeah. Of, no, dude, like you couldn't even see the cheese. Like it was just everything was just loaded, and then we got one that was like four cheese, and then when it came out, it just looked like it looked like like a fat kid like me would have made it, you know, like yeah. toppings galore. Oh, cool. So they're expensive, but All if right, you get a I may coupon, check that out. Home run in pizza, man! Try that out. And my last one, dishonorable discharge. Please give it to or me. Dishonorable discharge. <laughs> <laughs> dishonorable mention. Sounds like Benzo's preacher. <laughs> it's, is DiGiorno. And I've put it on here. We all know that shit ain't delivery. Thank you. DiGiorno is DiGiorno overrated. DiGiorno is so overrated, man. They just get, they had a great like slogan and then they just like overtook the market. It's not DiGiorno or it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. So in your head, you're thinking it's like equivalent with delivery, but it's not. It's all shit. Even like their stuffed crust, like it never comes out crispy. It's like a doughy crust with like the cheese and 
toppings are just shit. The way it rises just looks like a little chunky boy pizza. You know, you know how you said like Jimmy John's is like a lettuce sandwich. This is just a dough pizza. Yeah, it's all dough. That's what I'm saying. It's like so much the crust, dough crust. Like the crust comes like halfway down the pizza, so yeah. you only get like two bites of like actual pizza. And, yeah, and then you're at and the then crust. the rest of it is the crust, and it's like bubble the big bubbles. Mm-hmm. Fuck DiGiorno. Yeah, it's all crust and dough. DiGiorno and UPS are on my shit list this week. And Olive Garden, always. But that stays there. Yeah, that's that's always up there. All right, so those are our Mount Rushmore's uh, with uh, our favorite sandwich shops and our favorite frozen pizzas. Uh, As always, please, y'all get involved if you can. Get on Instagram. Give us your favorite frozen pizzas or your favorite sandwich shops, and we love to, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, I picked last week. I don't know why you're sitting up there. We're moving I on. I don't remember who picks these. We're moving on to pick your poison. Andrew's going to select. Okay. I got us back on track last week. Oh, well, thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. Would you rather not be able to see any colors or have mild but constant tinnitus? Ringing, tinnitus. Ringing in the yeah, ears? Yeah, it's like a ringing in your ears. That's what I just said, yeah. Oh. So you'd either be colorblind or you'd have constant ringing in your ears? Well, I'm partially colorblind now, so I'll take that for 500 Alex. Yeah, I, could, I mean, the ringing in the ears just sounds constantly, like, torturous. Like you'd end up killing yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I couldn't mm-hmm. deal with that all the time. I yeah. gotta, like, even when you're, like, trying to sleep and you're just sitting there and, you know, it's just, like, ringing in your ears. I think colors are overrated. No, I'm just kidding. Um let me get another one. Just okay. Yeah. If you don't realize, we have a giant bullet. Oh, that, one's a, that one's as long as that preacher's dick. I ain't reading that. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we're getting our money's worth with this Benzobra story. Would you rather have unlimited sushi for life or unlimited tacos for life? Get the fuck out of here. Tacos for life. Are you Absolutely. Tacos. Uh, as much as on, there's a parenthesis. Both are amazingly delicious and can be any type of sushi taco if you want. I hate sushi, so I love tacos. That's a no-brainer for me. As easy or as I do love some sushi. Um, Just never got into it. I like it. I'm too old to try new things. What are you seventy? You can try new things. You can try. I'm halfway there. I said I'm almost. Uh, Thirty-four in November. As much as I like sushi, yeah, give me unlimited tacos for it's life. A no doubt. That's Dude, like I love tacos. Unless you're like some uppity girl, like my body is built by tacos. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, man, like I've had, I've had so many tacos in my life: hard tacos, soft tacos, fried tacos. Dude, we have white people taco night at the house. One you want to talk about white? I put miracle. I mine. know. That's I know. white. <laughs> That's extra white people tacos. I know. I know. I love any kind of taco I can get. Yeah. Except talk, I'm not desperate enough to eat a Taco Bell. Judge me if you want. No, that's that's the Olive Garden. That's the <laughs> Jimmy John's of taco places. Uh, Try Taco Casa if you haven't. If you want to get Casa. nice and fat like us, <laughs> you want to talk go to Taco Casa. You talk about Andre loaded. the Giant size hands. They Dude, that the cheese. I I swear they don't even put lettuce on that thing. It is eighty percent meat, twenty percent cheese. It may be it. sixty forty, sixty percent. They put a shit ton of cheese. They do put a lot of cheese. Yeah, it's probably sixty. But it's good. 40, like you said. But it's good. But it's an awesome ratio. I don't mind. All right, tacos so for life. With that. Let's move on to our movie review. And we reviewed Camp Nowhere, a movie I kind of forgot about until I Lauren no I mean, I forgot all about it. was watching it a couple weeks ago. I was like, what is this? She was like, y'all should do it for the podcast. It's called Camp Nowhere. I was like, holy shit, I remember this. Uh, it was made in 1994. It only made $10.4 million at the box office. Didn't see what it cost to make, but 
Probably, uh, it'd be lucky to make its money back. Christopher Lloyd couldn't have been that expensive. Um, he was coming off of uh, Angels, Back to the Future and yeah. he was in the outfield. Yeah. And I got to say, and I you'll, uh, I have it written down, that dude, he could act, man. I like, want to say he was like classically trained. He's one of those guys that's like, like just never caught a big break, so he just kind of got stereotyped. But I think I'm pretty sure he was like classically like Shakespearean trained. Some of the acting actor. and the characters he put on, you could tell when he p- took all those characters. They on. were great, man. Yeah. He was awesome. I was. All right. I got a couple notes. It was 18 percent Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Film- Tomatoes is they feel pretentious to me. Oh, of course they are. You find a movie that got 100 percent, I guarantee you I won't like it. You find a movie that got about 14 percent, we're in our wheelhouse. It was the film debut for Jessica Alba. Who made Matt's Mount Rushmore? Yeah, she did. And it also starred Allison Mack from Sex Cult Nexium. Yeah, if you and don't Matt know wanted to give a shout out. To Nexium. <laughs> shout out Nexium. <laughs> yeah, for some reason he insisted on shouting out Nexium. Uh, no, I'm not really shouting out Nexium, but Just if, check it out. If like, you don't know what Nexium is, it's N E X I V M. It was led by like this guy named Keith Rainier, who was like a certified genius, but then he used it to like manipulate women. Yeah, he was branding them. them. Yeah, he would literally, it He'd wasn't literally, like a brand. Because no. I saw a documentary. It wasn't like a brand like you think, like he heat up a, a spike. Mm-hmm. It was like this radar, ray, or it's a ray gun or something that they would like, you know, take their time and like put this brand. And it would be like right up near their vaginas and like they were branded now for life. But of course, the way they worded it, it was like, no, this is just like an exercise of like overcoming fears. And then they look at it and they kind of angle it and it's his initials KR. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he fucking branded me. Like, I, like I'm a sex slave for him. Yeah. And like Allison Mack, like, isn't some like B actor at the time. I mean, she got really swindled she was, uh, into this thing. She was, she was a uh, part of it. She wasn't like a victim though. But anyways, yeah. Um, take it away, Matt. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where I was going. All right. I thought you had another point on next year. <laughs> nah, uh, okay. So we open, we open the movie with almost a carbon copy scene from the movie Heavyweights. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I put on here, man, just watching this, same thing. Like, I wish I had gone to, to a summer camp as a 90s kid. I mean, it's almost con- – it's a dad and a camp recruiter in the living room yeah. trying to recruit him. I saw like, I put a, another camp recruiter. Like, is that a real thing? Like, he's in there, and he's doing a hard sales pitch for this camp. Yeah, so um, Mud uh, – his name's Morris, but they call him Mud. Mud's parents are trying to convince him to go to micro camp, which is a computer camp. And he's just, and he kind of breaks, he doesn't break the fourth wall, but we realize yeah. that there is kind of the fourth wall there. He looks at the camera and he's like, well, I forget what he I said. I think he he's said, like, I'm in hell. I'm kill in me hell. Now. Yeah, kill me now. Um, so we open up with that scene and then we run into Mud and Walter at school and they're chit chatting and they run into the school bully. School bully, Zach. Whose name's Zach, played by Andrew Keegan, who is. One of those '90s heartthrobs yeah. that was in Tiger Beat, along with like JTT. And I got this here. I said Zach's I ultimate. This. I got this. He's the ultimate '90s heartthrob boy, bad boy, kind of like me. I also <laughs> said he he looks like a young John Bernthal. He does, doesn't yeah. he? I give him that could be. I could see like him growing up and looking like John Bernthal. Yeah, I, I get that. Who um, also was on Matt's Mount Rushmore of celebrity crushes. John Bernthal? Yeah. Yeah. I'd, that guy will keep you safe at night. Yeah, until he, goes, those big arms. until he goes crazy and tries to kill you. It's a, it's a Walking Dead reference. Oh, I was he like, goes, damn. He well, goes, that's a fictional character. I was thinking like real life. Like, no, oh, no, shit, no, no. maybe I shouldn't have brought that up. No, no, no. Um, so, yeah, they run into Zach, the school bully. Um, and they call him Pud, which is a slang for your wiener. <laughs> really? Yeah. You never heard that? <laughs> Quack your Pud. Pull your Pud. 
putt is slang for your for your dick. Well, learn things so, every day on yep. this podcast. <laughs> Number one source for information. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so they're they're giving more time. They're calling him Pud. Um, so yeah, they're like, hey, hands off into the bathroom. It's time for your swirly. And then when uh, when they get into the bathroom, um, yeah, the bullet mud was just doing like a report. Yeah, they're Zach, like working together. They're, yeah, they're actual buds. Yeah, Zach shakes him down for homework, and Mud writes him a report on the Red Badge of Courage. And it's then, good enough for a C plus. Yeah, and then <laughs> Zach's like, "Who do I say won?" <laughs> Yeah. If you don't know. He doesn't know who won the Civil yeah. War. So yeah. Mud says it's good enough for a C, and Zach tells him next time make it a B. And he and still then, has to be a swirly. And then the mood changes. He's like, how you been, Mud? He's like, ah, good. Yeah, that's when you find out, like, okay, now they're They have a history. They grew up together. Yeah. They're cool. But as I'm about to get to, Zach has a repetition. Um, you know, Mud says he's good. He tells Zach about a bully in, class, in gym class, and uh, Zach says, hey, I'll take care of it. Um... And then it's time for Mud Swirly, which is just turns out to be Mud wetting his hair and then screaming. So as, as Zach's like flushing the toilet, flushing just the to, toilet. because the other boys are standing outside. Because like he says said, rep to protect. Yeah, he's got a reputation to protect. Exactly. Um. So then we're after school, and one of the girls is complaining about uh, the line goes. Epstein is giving them another English quiz, and I want to say, wasn't Jeffrey Epstein a English a teacher? Prestigious, uh, like New York Academy. Yeah. Then we go. We okay, just talk, well, we, just, just, we just talked about Hollywood and pedos. Just to rip this, because I was going to bring this all back later on when they're at the camp and Trish is walking around basically in a bikini the whole time. I was noted on here, I expect this to be an Epstein production because as soon as they got there, they sexualized the hell out of that Trish character. Like she was flirting the whole time. She was wearing, you know, two piece bikinis. And I was like, going to, and I, I don't think I wrote it down, but they're lucky. They nailed the age demographic because had shift the ages about two years. There would have been fights. So people would have been pregnant. Oh, uh, all the hormones raging Dude, at the camp. Yeah. In a camp with instead of like thirteen and fourteen year olds, you're talking about fifteen, sixteen, seventeen year olds. A lot of fucking, a lot of fighting, yeah, yeah. drinking. It would have been a whole different movie. It would have been like a better movie, maybe. It would have been like American Pie. Which I guess we shouldn't be saying is a better movie because we're still under giving them underage. <laughs> I immediately just backpedaled out of that one. Just regardless, I mean. But I, I put on here that after the school, after school, the walk home, and they're talking about summer camp like it's college because they're like all four together. Yeah. Like my parents are really stressing me that I need to go to this one, and I just, I you know, I'm not ready for it. I just want to like take the summer off. And I was like, they really are like acting like this is their college choice, which you know is like college preparation, I guess. Because if you go to like computer camp, you're expected to you know go to college for yeah. like technology, computer science, or something. And the one girl was going for uh, drama. She's obviously expected to be like in theater in college. And the poor girl was going to fat camp. Dude, she wasn't even fat the whole time. I'm like, where's the fat on this girl? Like, she was the you know average. Do you notice like, and I'm kind of getting ahead of ourselves, but at the end uh, when they're pulling off Parents' Day, and the mom's like, "You're so skinny." Well, like, do you notice like throughout the whole movie they kind of dressed her kind of frumpy though, like big sweaters and stuff tied around her waist. Yeah. So she, you're right, she wasn't fat. Not she at all. The kid. only thing I could think of is like she just killed it like in the audition, and they're like, okay, we're really kind of looking for a bigger girl, but this girl's just like really great yeah. for the part, yeah. so they're just gonna cast her as this because I'm like, yeah, like unless that mom's just crazy, like there's nothing wrong with that kid. All right, so like you said, they're walking down the street. And basically, they're just complaining about all the camps that they have to go to. And then we go to a scene. Uh, Mud and his dad are in the mall. And and can you just <laughs> say how 
Mud's dad is the ultimate dad. He's got the another Cosby reference. Okay, Cosby I, sweater, mustache, glasses. I read. I wrote. He is the epitome of a stereotypical '90s dad. A Ned Flanders in the flesh. Ned Flanders. There it is. That's exactly who he looks like. Is Ned Flanders. You know, maybe Ned would tone down the sweater a bit, but. That's Ned Flanders. And he was like cracking himself up with yeah. like bad jokes. Yeah. It's like this I just put he's the ultimate dad. So, ultimate nineties dad. Yeah, they're they're walking through the mall, uh, and you know, he's trying to soften the blow of going to going to computer camp. And I said, here and I wrote, here's where we get introduced uh to the star of the movie, in my opinion, Christopher Lloyd. He's in the mall selling easy cheese. <laughs> and he's putting on this performance and Almost like a Shakespearean performance, yeah, too. He's into it. And Mud is kind of captivated by he stands He's making there. like eye contact with yeah. him, too. It's like kind of like foreshadowing yeah. their love affair. Um, so next scene, they're walking to school, and that's where the whole idea is born. Yeah, because they're talking about the how much it's going to cost. And yeah. Mud's like, you know, if we just put all our money together, we could have our own summer camp. Yeah. And Zach's like, hold on, you know, what yeah. did you just say? Yep. They're talking about how much these camps cost, and Mud says with that kind of money, we could just rent our own camp. And Zach, Zach said, you know, he he takes the idea and he runs with it. Um, turn and then we're they're they're planning. Turns out Dennis used to be a yeah, drama her, teacher. Uh, that yearbook picture was very pedophile looking. Like yeah, it was. he looked like just unhinged to be around children in that <laughs> picture. Um. So yeah, it turns out uh, Dennis used to be a teacher at their school, so they had to plan like. You know, they're talking. They're like, hey, we need an adult to pull this off. Yeah, which is true. Yeah. You got to have, like, a counselor, you know, quote, unquote, yeah. camp head counsel. And you need somebody to go counselor. in and actually rent the camp. Yeah, and, just to do the adult do stuff. do all this. Yeah. So, um, so Mud's like, hey, I got the guy. And then they're off to see Dennis. Um, they find him in his trailer, and he wants kind of nothing to do with it. And then up walks... T.R. Polk. Yeah. He is a debt collector. I think it's Bulldog Collections. <clears throat> so T.R. Uh, T.R. Uh, Polk comes along and he's in search of old Dennis because he bought a 73... 79 79 Caribbean Yellow Gremlin for 48 months and he only received five, five payments. payments. He's looking for the other 43. And so and then they, they transferred that debt onto this bulldog agency, and he's like, I retire in you know, two months. He's like, I'm retiring with a perfect record. And just so you know, I was going to put on here, that was a M. Emmett Walsh who played him. Yeah, who was M. Just Emmett like Walsh. Who was just like the most stereotypical down-and-out bounty-hunter-looking yep. guy. Like, always has like one eye kind of closed, and always <laughs> has that snarl on his face. Yep. So if y'all look him up, you'd be like, yeah, that looks like a bounty hunter from like the 80s and 90s. All right, so uh, he's there to collect that Caribbean yellow gremlin or the money, either one. Um, he kicks the barn door looking for that. I should say when Dennis realizes that the, the bounty collector is there. It's time for the show. Time for the show. He transforms into. <laughs> he goes, here, hand me my teeth. And he like, mm -hmm. yeah, this whole persona he puts on. He puts on the. Uh, and Mud plays it off well, though. Like as soon as like Dennis is like in trouble and like. The uh, what's his name Polk or you want to call him Bulldog is like kind of onto it. Like um, Mud comes running out and he's like, "Daddy, Daddy!" Like the factory's called. They need you at the. He's like the number three turbines yeah. out of position. And he's like, "Oh, okay, son." Like they both kind of roll with yeah. it. And I then think, I think that's when he kind of knew. Okay, this kid, he's got some. He's got potential. He's got that's what he always says. Like this yeah. kid's got potential. But you know, anyways, like then the Bulldog like kicks down the door and because you got to know like his other friends like Zach. 
and the Trish two girls and the other girl. Yeah, they were like, and then they come like rolling around in the car. So find out Zach's kind of like a gearhead, you know. I guess that's kind of maybe noteworthy. Like, he wants to, he's supposed to go to military camp because his dad's like highly military, but it seems like he just wants to drop out and like cruise the world in a car. And he wants to get a Harley. And he wants to probably just get laid, to be honest. Yeah, well, he's well on his way by the end of the movie. Um, so after that, the kids shake down Dennis and eventually convince him to help you know pull this off to give him a thousand dollars thousand dollars he's like what do you think you can just buy me off and then mud's like well i have mr so-and-so's number right here oh yeah he's he, like you he, know what yeah he tell me more about the, this um, bounty hunter's number and um, then how did they how did they get this place to camp because it's a definitely an old hippie commune yeah i don't know they didn't show how they found it they had that they had that one old guy that really fucking old guy and he well he did mention about like how i think it was like run by a bunch of hippies for like a summer and then they left it as is yeah, and then Dennis made some remark. He's like, I thought this place looked familiar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's definitely, like, his character's definitely like an old hippie. Um, like, that comes back to play. But before that, we get a compilation of uh, Dennis going around and all the different characters going to see the kids' parents to... Oh, yeah, that's where he has to put on the persona of, like... And I said the best one was the Richard Simmons, like the knockoff Richard Simmons for the fat, the camp, fat camp, where he's got the lipstick and the hat with, this, with the uh, propeller on it. So we get we get a scene of Dennis getting transforming into all these different characters, yeah, four like different the military characters guy. to convince the four parents. Because there's really at first it was just going to be those four kids. Which we're going to have this summer. summer, yeah. And then um, did you have the Mud's friend, that black kid, that Walter? Kinda, Walter, yeah, I have ran his mouth, like overheard it, and then he said something to um, I can't remember that girl's name, the girl that Walter just wants to skinny dip with, yeah, that red Betty with braces, Betty. So he told her, and then they're like, "You told Betty," and the next thing you know, like. A hundred fucking kids walk up. All right, so he goes around, gets in character, convinces all the all the parents, um, and then they go and talk with the old man that owns the uh, owns the camp. And I I put I wrote he he's drinking water out of the dirtiest class I've ever seen. I didn't even notice. Like it is covered the in the old man. He might be too blind. That guy looked like he was about ninety seven when like, he sold him that. You could see the glass like through the light coming in the window, and that thing had to have like Ebola on it. Like from the fingerprints, the lake there that the hippies all had sex with and bathed in, like it was just the dirtiest. I don't know why I noticed that. Um, I'm glad I did. Then they uh, they get to camp, um, and uh, they're making plans back at Mud's house, and that's where things start to kind of go wrong. Walter knows and told Mud's secret, and now everyone knows. And I said, "Fucking Walter is a bitch." Ratted him out real quick, man. Like they didn't, they just now got the ball rolling and yeah. Well, I think what his excuse was, well, I just told this one person and that, would you say Betty? And then Betty's mm-hmm. the one who, you know, blabbered it. So, and then half the school shows Betty. up at Mud's house. Um, and then the kids arrive at the camp and immediately do something dangerous. Like they're jumping off the roof into like a pile of mattresses that have God knows what in them, like needles or whatever. Um, and then we kind of see them picking out bunks and places to stay for the summer. Um, and they have a but, little meeting and then Dennis, he's like, okay. Like as soon as he got here, he's have like, I'm going to be at the end of the lake. Yeah. He's just going to give him total peace. So it really is going to be like no adults. Mm-hmm. Cause Dennis is like, yeah, I got my thousand bucks and I'm not even going to try to be yep. with y'all. Yep. So, uh, they kind of hold a meeting to kind of lay out some ground rules. Um, they say letters once a week. Um, number two was if anyone in town asks, you don't speak English. Number three was like, if you find a talk, yeah. about, let me know, which we've already discussed. That's garbage. Number. <laughs> Garbage clown question, bro. Um, 
and then and they're playing like hide. They're playing like tag at night, mm-hmm. and then they all like kind of gang up on Mud to give him money. And he pulls out this huge stack of cash, and they just starts handing it out to everybody. Yeah, um, I say they go on a huge spending spree, man. Yeah, I said they're playing tag in the dark, and Mud makes his one fatal mistake. Not fatal, but it, it, it's <laughs> fatal to the plan. <laughs> fatal to the plan. There you go. He reveals how much money he has, which. Uh, which is the group's money, and he tells them that this money has to last them all summer. And yeah, they can't that's what draw. he kept trying to stress is like this has to last. Can't three draw months. attention to ourselves. The next thing we see is Circuit City trucks, toys, <laughs> electronics, motorcycles, and everything else being delivered via truck to the camp, which draws the attention of the sheriff. Well, and there was like a 65 inch TV, and they're like, "Oh yeah, how's that going to get in there?" Guy goes, "Who ordered the chainsaw?" So now they're cutting holes <laughs> in the in the walls to bring this TV in. It's like, yeah, that's exactly how you bring. Uh, attention to yourself. So yeah, they're getting like super soakers, and there's a lot of toys that I saw that I totally forgot about from my childhood. Like at one point they had, remember the long Nerf darts that were like the they bow the in the air and they had the pump. Remember that? Heck yeah. They had TVs. They should inter- be at the draft house. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should do something like that. That'd be cool. Um, yeah, they had an, and then that followed up. I think where you're going was that the epic Fourth of July party coming up? No, I, I got more. Uh, I got more. I think I got more in between there. Um, we get another scene where the girls come in. It's Zach and Mud in the garage. Um, and the girls come in. They're like, oh, we're going to the mall. There's a 30% off sale. He's like, you, you're, you can't. You're not going to survive all summer if you keep spending your money. Well, then we get down to, to Trish and Zach. And Zach is trying to play a badass here. And he, like, threatens to drop out. Yeah, he and I'm like, quite often. I'm like, dude, you're 14. Like, shut Okay, Fonzie. Yeah. What are you gonna do? <laughs> That's a good reference. You can't. He, even, he was the Fonzie. Of you the can't movie. even fucking get a job. Yeah, you maybe it'll drive. And he, he says in Tijuana. In Tijuana, his driver's license or the driving age is fourteen, so he's gonna go to Mexico just so he can drive. Um, then we get to the fourth of the fourth of July party, and they're playing with fireworks and swimming in the lake. And Mud is on rollerblades, and he's gonna rollerblade down this hill onto the dock with uh, like sparklers, giant yeah. sparklers, and Roman candles attached to his helmet. Yeah, he tried to go all out. Everyone else was kind of lame; like they would ride up and then kind of kick their heels up and fall in. Whereas Mud was like helmet with like, what is it like? Um, not sparklers it or something. Like flares, flares on his head, and like Roman candles in his hands, and he's like trying to go down this hill. But of course, he eats shit before he can make it to the water and burns he himself. Burns himself. Uh, they go to Dennis. And he ends up taking him mud to the doctor. But before, did, did you notice who the who the officer was in this movie? He looks super familiar. It's, it's Biff from Back to the Future. Yeah, okay. That's who it was. So we got two Back to the Future alumni in this movie. Okay, but back to the doctor. Absolute smoke show. Yeah. She was a babe. Mm-hmm. Probably the hottest hottest lady on any movie we've ever reviewed. Over Rose McGowan. In Scream? Yeah. You see how beautiful she was? She's like 55. I'll that give thing, you that. That lady aged like beautiful red rose i don't know <laughs> my mind went blank but she's a redhead she is so hot dude she's probably like a grandma at that point i'm not saying she's not hot but rose mcgowan are still the official tits of this podcast all right i'm trying to go with beauty over here she is hot dude she's like in her 50s in that point imagine her like in her seven in her like hippie heyday no she was definitely pretty no, okay you can have rose mcgowan i got I just wanted tits. i got the doctor all right. I don't even know her name. It's just Dr. Lady. Uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Um, That's another thing. Jane Seymour? My God. I had a huge, Seymour, a huge crush on her growing up. I had a huge Seymour for her. <laughs> uh, so That's they get back to... So the doc, 
So the doctor fixes him up, and uh, they go back to camp, and they get a visit from Sheriff Hendricks, and he's there about some unruly kids, and then we get more great acting from Christopher Lloyd. So they go inside. He wants to ask Mud some questions, and right before he sends Mud inside, Dennis says, hey, go inside, put on some coffee, and clean up a bit. And I think he means hide all the kids. So yeah, all the kids are sitting up in the rafters. rafters. Yeah. And sheriff's firing off questions, trying to anyway. And uh, he's trying to cover up coughs coming from the rafters. And he starts getting in a coughing fit. And he's like, uh, he's he, he has eczema at one point. And he says he thinks he's coughed because he's inhaling the flakes from his eczema. Yeah, those are really well, like, in, in, what's the word? Improvis- Improv- improvisation. Yeah. Like, to just go with that, and the and Biff starts freaking out. But, yeah, so like you were saying, like, he just has all these excuses right off the top of his head. Yeah, so um, they start acting crazy enough to get the sheriff to leave. And then the next scene, um, it's raining, and the kids are bored. And they start to threaten to leave and go home as if they didn't just order truckloads full of shit to keep them entertained. Yeah. Um, they're threatening rainy to, days all it They're took. threatening to leave, and Mud immediately goes to Dennis for help. And Dennis comes through, organizing different events and activities for the kids to do. I think that was like a generational thing because, you know, Dennis's generation was like, didn't grow up on all this technology and stuff. Whereas like for us, if a rainy day or power goes out, it's like, we don't know what to do. So I think that's why Mud was like, he should go ask an adult, like how to have fun in this situation. And it just basically turns into like 1994 Woodstock, (laughs) all the mud and everything. But I think if you kind of look deeper at that scene, you know, they talk about, um, you know, Mud's parents never really listening to him. And I think what you're supposed to get out of that is Dennis telling him, like, hey, you've got to speak loud enough for people to hear you. Like, you, So you need to find your voice. If your parents aren't listening, you need to just speak loud enough or, you know, tell them how you feel. Yeah. Good life and then, lesson. And then we see that, you know, kind of later on in the movie. Um, and then I wrote uh, the, next, the next scene after that is uh, – and I feel bad for not getting her name. Uh, but, uh, she's in there making breakfast for everybody. And oh, Mud the, comes the in. The girl who's not fat. Yeah. And I wrote Mud is in love because he says. Well, she's yeah. just so wholesome, too. You know, like she's the kind of. She was the girl that's like. I think you would look back on it as like, that's. I don't know. I don't. I sound creepy because she's so young at that. But she was older than us when, when the movie was made. It's just like really wholesome where it's like, yeah, she's not the sexually active Trish, but it's like. That girl will cook you dinner, so will be your best friend. Like that's the kind of girl I want. That's yep. why I'm marrying that redhead doctor. Uh, um, so I just wrote Mud is in love. They have this little, they have this little moment, and then it's time for Mud to go back to the doctor, and Dennis Oof. shoots his shot and gets a dinner date back at the camp, which gives me hope because if Christopher Lloyd's got a shot with her, so do I. <laughs> Hypothetically, of course. Uh, so Mud is worried that she'll blow their cover. And Dennis reassures him, like, hey, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. In a couple years, a couple things are going to happen. He says, you're going to grow a terrible mustache that looks like fruit mold on your lip. And then you're going to, number two is you're going to learn why men ask attractive women out to dinner. So he's like, hey, I both, got your back. Both parts are probably true, though. Nothing's going to happen. Um, so we get into another scene. Where Zach is almost busted buying beer, but again, Dennis is there to save the Dude, day. He tried to buy 
200 beers. I mean, a cart full of just nothing but 12 packs, like overflowing. And the cashier that was checking them out, did you notice that guy? He was the rat from Heavyweights. He was. So he's ratting that. them out again. Um, one thing I wrote about that scene is like 19 to buy beer. Is that what it said? Yeah. He said, you know, you have to be 19 to buy this stuff. And then there's hilarious math equation. He's like, you were born in 1968 or 60 whatever. 60, I think it was 63 because he was trying to be 21, not 31. And they're like, so you're 31 years old. And he's like, uh, what? <laughs> like busted. Like couldn't even get his own math right. Um, so and then we get a, we get an hilarious car wash scene where they're trying to get away from the sheriff. And Dennis shuts his pant leg in the car door of... Uh, the sheriff's car and walks him through. A, he was like, "Yeah, this is like a nice feature we offer. It's a complimentary feature." Yeah, or he's just like telling you each phase of the car wash. Then he comes out and he's like, "It was a free hot wax," and he's got like wax all over him. And they get in the grim one and they scurry away. Um, and then we get a scene where Mud is at his breaking point um, at a letter writing meeting where there was some bullying going on. And got a great line from that. Go ahead, sniff my. Sniff my butt, Tobrith. That's what the the little fat kid tells yep. the the kid that always wears those Kangol hats. Yeah, fucking Kangol hat. Can't so yeah. he Kangle. he threw something at he was throwing something at at one of the kids and Mud screams out, "You're gonna put somebody's eye out with that." He sounds like his dad. <clears> he's like, like, "I sound like, like my dad," and he yep. kind of he kind of gets in his feels there for a little bit. Um, and then we see good old T.R. Polk again, and he's looking for Dennis. So he shows up at his trailer, finds out he's selling easy cheese at the mall, and then he shows up at the mall and finds a postcard with an address. And so we know he's a trouble. He's a little uh, bounty hunter. Yeah. Like you said, perfect good record. Old, good old debt collector right there. Yeah. Um, so we kind of know trouble's, trouble's coming. Um, and then we move on to the date scene with the doctor. <laughs> him and mud getting an argument over lima beans he doesn't want to eat lima beans and i'm like you know what after everything this dude's doing for you you can't shove down some lima beans like just shut up and, and eat then them. dennis just made a horrible deal at that point oh uh, yeah he offered him a dollar, dollar a lima bean so that kid's just sitting there like counting like 64 65 and he's, he's like, like wow, slow he down really likes those lima i don't beans. want you to fill up it's like 67 <laughs> he's like i don't want you to choke <laughs> but uh but yeah so um dinner is going pretty well um lucky dog and then we cut to a scene where zach turns out to be a really sweet guy there is a girl that's kind of in trish's little oh, click yeah, and she's like homesick. she's homesick um and he's like hey do you want to help me are you hungry you got a bellyache he's like you want to help me clean out this carburetor she's like no he's like what do you want to do she, she's like i want to make a necklace and he's like hmm, make a necklace so he pulls out like random nuts and bolts and yeah and some kind of like copper wiring or something yeah he hands her all these nuts and bolts like make a necklace and then the next day we'll make a necklace for, for me. me which was really nice because she was like so excited yeah. and it actually was pretty wholesome and i was like it. he's a tough guy who's listening to the cranberries because heart, the... heart throb with the heart how about that and he's listening to the cranberries apparently did you hear the cranberries playing in the background no yeah totally playing the cranberries <laughs> i think everybody was jamming the cranberries yeah. in 94 I'll jam some cranberries. Um, and then we go back to the date scene. Mud had fallen asleep on the couch. And <laughs> she's like, "Should you need help putting them, putting them to bed? He's like, no, I got it. And he puts them. Basically on like a boat dock. Like he puts them out them on outside. the back porch. <laughs> yeah, which is like right on the body of water. Yeah. And he wakes up and looks around. Um, and then we get the scene where the doctor discovers the camp. 
and we all think they're screwed, but surprisingly and unrealistically, she lets it slide. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. Not not for a guy you just met who's like basically like has a hundred kids under his control. That's so many red flags. <laughs> yeah. There's no way you let that slide. Oh yeah. Um so then the kids learn that the parents are coming to see the kids at camp. Yeah, once one parent's like so eager to come, that didn't sound good either. So eager to, to visit their child parents day. Yeah. Cause they're like, you know, why is, why isn't there not a parents day? And they always had like these problems, like for theater, they're like, well, we don't want to disturb like the art, you know, or we can't have, there was always an excuse. And then like, so one parent like finally was like, well, you know what? I'm going to go visit my sister and we're just going to, we're just going to go up there and we're going to make us, they're going to, we're going to make them make us go up there. And so like, then another parent comes like, Hey, we heard like, you know, the Edwards are coming up and we really like to come see our kids. So it just snowballed. They were like, okay, we have no choice. Like they, we're going to have to have a parent's day. And they had like an elaborate, like a uh, answer machine set up each labeled cuz there was like four different camps there was oh, a military it? camp, computer camp, fat Theater. camp and drama camp. Yeah. Um and they all had a I think you held a five finger that out. Yeah. The beauty of radio is that they can't see that. But you don't have threw to point me it off out when I saw that, sorry. Um but yeah, so they had a pretty sweet setup going on and uh so yeah, they learn they learn that um, they got they got 36 hours. That's the thing, right? Did you say that 36 yeah. hours to pull off four camps. Yep. Um Mud comes up with this plan. Um, and then we get the montage scene of the kids setting up for parents day. Um, and then really we're in the home stretch of the movie. Yep. Um, we're getting down to it. So the parents, uh, they start to arrive and they have, they have this whole production, you know, they've got different signs. Yeah. So the first, first up was military camp. That yep. was Zach's dad coming. He kind of immediately grabs him. And he's like, you know, we're, I don't know. They're like some kind of war. He's like, we got to stay low. We got to go. Well, first of all, I should say they set up a whole montage, right? So they set all this up. You can't have a nineties kids movie without a montage. Yeah. So we had the montage before of everything getting set up, you know, like everything getting put in place. So, uh, would foreshadow for later military camps first. Basically he makes it seem like they're at war with this other camp that, you know, they're just constantly getting fired upon. They got to get like in this trench and just hang out there. So that's how they can distract Zach's dad is just keep them preoccupied with this fake war. Yeah, so he's got them in this, like, little foxhole, and they've got, like, little, you know, uh, what are those, like, confetti poppers? Yeah, little you poppers. Know? So they got those buried Which in the is ground. Which because then it just, it looks like bullets, you know, like yeah. a machine going, pop, 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 and they're just popping them. Yeah, off. yeah, no, it was re- really well done. when I first saw done. that, I was like, what are they going to do with that? And then it came by later, I was like, oh, shit, that's pretty smart. Yeah, so, and I wrote, uh, Zach's dad is going to have a PTS, <laughs> PT, PTSD episode in that <laughs> foxhole. Um, he looked like he was back in whatever war he served by the end of it man he was looking rough yeah so and then you know now we're we're in the thick of it um they're they're doing really well they're it looks like they're gonna pull this off they're they're doing the drama production yeah drama was next they've got fat kid camp they've pulled that off uh i think maybe the music was there a music camp or no no it was okay military drama fat okay feel bad calling fat camp um, and then it was, uh, the, the computer, camp. computer camp. Um, and they were playing war games. Like they make it seem like they go in there into like this little lab and they're like setting off nukes all across the they world. They use that 515 flyby to their advantage. Oh yeah. Yeah. We forgot to yeah. mention that there was by an air force base and they knew it like 515 every time these was a fighter jets flew over and it was just like deafening loud. So the way they timed this war game scenario was like fighter jets are flying over right now and it really sounded that you know that convinced the parents that was hook line and sinker form right there yeah, they're like they can't ha- they can't hack pentagon codes can they <laughs> and then jets go over mud's dad's super impressed uh but while that's going on um 
the debt collector finds the sheriff and they realize that they're looking for the same dude. Um, so we cut back to camp. Um, Mud's dad, Mud's parents, the computer's the last little bit, the last hurdle they got to clear. They pull it off. Um, and the debt collector shows up and blows the kid's cover. So he goes in there. He goes in there with Mud's dad, and then I think they step on like a trap door, or whatever is holding the, whatever is oh, holding yeah, like the Christmas tree. Yeah, because and, as soon as one camp would be over, you know, they'd be like a production or a drama production. Like they would pull everything up, so they had everything up in the rafters, and everything just starts tumbling. And they kind of had everything divided with like sheets, like one like section. The kids were celebrating. They thought it was over. They're celebrating. Yeah. Sheet comes down, and it's like, yeah, game over. Game over. Um, so at that point. Got to give him credit, though, to pull that off. That yeah. was pretty impressive, man. Yeah, the sheriff or the, the debt collector is still looking for, for Dennis. He sneaks out the back door. Uh, and then Mud, he he goes to warn Dennis. and Dennis is already at one he's step ar- ahead of He's him. already he's packing. Out, which I don't blame him because he's like, he's like, yeah, you're a kid. What are they going to do, ground you? He's like, I'm going to go to jail for this. Yeah. Which I'm like, hell yeah, you are. Dennis, get out of there, man. Like, yeah. everything's going to point to him. They're going to be like, he masterminded. He got... God knows what to these kids, you know, like all these allegations that could come. And it's like, yeah, you got to flee, man. You got to get out of there. Yeah. So, um, mud goes to warn Dennis. Um, and it seems like he's only looking out for himself. He says, Hey, look, go hide in the woods for a few hours, which is a smart idea, man. He was like, just get lost for a few hours. They'll miss you so much. When you come back, they'll, they'll just be, they'll just be happy. They found you. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's pretty fucking genius. Actually. <laughs> like play on. Why did I think Yeah. Like I could have done something terrible. Except my dad would have been like, I've been delaying the inevitable. And just start whooping me. Um, so uh, he takes his advice. He's sitting out in the woods, and here comes the doctor in a white shirt. Andrew's just, oh, what was that? No hands, brother. Was that your pud? <laughs> my pud saying hello. Um, but yeah, she finds mud and's like, hey, you know what's going on? Um, and basically, he's like, you know, Dennis, he took off, and she expected that fully. And uh, she convinces him to kind of go back to the camp. And when they get back to the camp, Dennis is there holding court. Yeah, he's taking blame for everything. Do you hear that line he made, though? He's like, this was my five-year plan to start a cult. <laughs> like, he was very elaborate. Like, yeah. yep, this was it. This was the big plan. Started five years ago to get all these kids here. And, then, you know, Mud and the doctor kind of exchange a look like, oh, he's doing the right thing yeah. here. And uh, Mud is like, all right. Dennis, he can cut it out, and he steps up. He's like, this is all my idea. And then Dennis is still trying to – he's like, that – uh, whatever his last name, that Harris boy, he was the easiest one, the most gullible one. He's like, no, <laughs> stop, seriously. He's like, this is all my idea, no regrets. Like, <laughs> this is this is my idea. And, and then, Dennis, like, Zach steps up. Zach, and, and then eventually the whole Trish, camp. Yeah, everyone's like, starts taking responsibility for it. And – uh yeah, and then after that, none that, of the parent, none they of the don't, parents, they don't press charges. Yeah, none of the parents were mad. None of the parents were cool. Uh, Mud's dad gives him a comic, and he's like, "Hey, you're grounded for the next thirty years," but kind of the not really, you know. Then he gives him a comic though, and he said, "Like his dad, he basically said his dad wouldn't let him have any fun." So the fact that he gave him a comic and was like, "Yeah, check that out," you know, it's pretty Big cool. Deal. So the dad's starting to come around. Yeah, and then you know, Zach the whole time was working on this like. Cherry, like nineteen fifty. It's a it's a fifty five Chevy Bel Air convertible, which I mean, extremely nice. Which I mean, how much money do they have? Because, and I know it's a movie, whatever. But a restoration like that's going to cost you like 
60, 80, 100 grand easy. Probably Christopher Lloyd's car. Probably. Yeah. But he, he painted it this beautiful blue color. Yeah, there's no way they fucking Zach painted no. that thing. No. Because when they find it, it's like just a giant. It's a rust bucket. Yeah, it's a rust bucket. And Zach's like slowly working. That was a carburetor you mentioned he's working yeah. on it. And then he gives it to Dennis and my wife, my future <laughs> wife, and um, which is very nice. And he's like, yeah, you can keep it until you know I'm old enough to drive. Yeah, until I get my like, license, until I graduate. she's like, so you're not going to drop out? And what, hold on, what did he say? He goes, I got to stick around for the greatest love of all, Trish. Mm. And I was like, okay, Zach. There's Wait, more fish pretty thick there. there. Yeah, okay. Uh, and then they share. A, and then Mud kisses his little crush. Yeah. I'm very happy for that. Kiss, and then Mud and his little girlfriend kiss. Last thing I wrote. Kind of odd sexual ending, though. It's kind of ended on a on a weird, like, hormonal note for these kids. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah, that's why I was, like, expecting an Epstein production, like, to appear <laughs> right after all this. Yeah, but, but that was it. That was it, the movie. Yeah, yeah, that was it. And then... um. It suggested this at to me, so I said, what is the better 90s camp movie? Camp Nowhere or Heavyweights? What's your pick? Like That's if you, tough. If you, if you had to, like, watch one with a buddy later, like, we can watch one of these two. Like, I Landry think, was wanting to watch one. I think Camp Nowhere was the better movie, but I've seen Heavyweights yeah, more, see, and I have more attachment That's why I would go with it. Heavyweights. Because I can distinctly remember Heavyweights. Whereas when you saw, when you suggested Camp Nowhere, I was like, oh, yeah, like I remember that. But I was like watching these scenes, like watching it for the first time. Whereas like Heavyweights, I was like, I, I, knew. I remember this guy. I remember this scene. I remember the the car, go-kart scene at the end. <gasps> so they were both really good in like a classic like 90s bad movie way. Yeah. I, I think I'd go heavyweights, but it was it was a good suggestion by Lauren, and I enjoyed it. This was just a prequel to that movie with uh, Justin Long. It was undecided, accepted, uh, accepted. Yeah, I watched that like a month or two ago. It was actually pretty good. Accepted is really good. I haven't seen it yeah. since I was probably I, in I high was, like, school. Surprisingly, but like it's got a young Jonah it. Hill Jonah in there. Hill, big, big Jonah Hill. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, that's just a prequel. Those pretty kids grew like up and started their own college. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That, that's a great comparison. Yeah. Um. But no, great movie. Shout out to Lauren. Good job on the movie suggestion. Let's see uh, on this list. I don't know what we're going to do <laughs> next. Uh, Gotta let Claire pick. That's fair. <laughs> no. Bring her in here. I, 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 we went over this before. It's like what she would want to watch. And she just wants to watch like good movies. She doesn't get it. She wants to watch like Bottle Rocket or Rushmore, like these old Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. And I'm like, those are too good. We gotta watch like we can't we can't pick it apart. Richie Rich or Weekend at Bernie's Two or Angels in the Outfield. So she doesn't get why we watch bad movies. That I'm like, <laughs> trust me, it's very important that I watch this bad movie and write two pages of notes. All right, so that was uh that was Camp Nowhere. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that as much as we did. Uh, but with that, let's move on to sports. We're kind of in this, uh, we continue to be in this dead space, uh, the dead period, uh, right before football season. I, mean, I was to say, we call it a dead period, but basketballs are in their conference championships, Stanley Cup finals, Euro tournament. There's actually quite a bit going on. We're just such football fans. Yeah. Um, but the Mavs are keeping us, uh, keeping us, you know, paying attention because, uh, last show we talked about them getting rid of uh, Rick Carlisle and Donnie Nelson, and they have found replacements. And I got none of them right in my prediction. Nope, I got none of them right. Uh, I, I did, was close. I didn't, I didn't. I would have never guessed Nico here. I, like, I didn't know who that guy was. Me neither. But apparently that was a great hire. Yeah, like uh, I, I couldn't be happier with that one. So that one, I would hopefully this doesn't age like milk. That was a good hire. So we got. 
Jason Kidd, who kind of is a Mavericks kind of yeah. Yeah, legend-ish. Yeah. Uh, as a head coach, he came, he comes in with a 183 and 190 uh, record. Uh, he was fired three and a half seasons in by Milwaukee. Yeah, uh, he had a twenty-three and twenty-two record at the time. That's what the young young Giannis too. He never won more than forty-four games. Um, he'd only been in the playoffs twice: once with Brooklyn in his short stint there, um, and then never passed the first round. Um, then his replacement came in and went sixty and twenty-two that next yeah. year with Milwaukee. Oh. What what pissed me off with that hire was like. Like it was a stable franchise, you could say, like with the coaching and the GM and you know that core group. But it's like, okay, we have the first coaching vacancy in 13 years, and you fill it in less than a week with a guy with a losing record who's just familiar with the team. You know, like I would think with a top five player, couldn't we get any available coach we wanted? Like, didn't it seem kind of rushed? And then it was just like this familiar face that everyone like already knew. Like I would have loved if that would have been like the top assistant from San Antonio or. Becky Hammonds. Becky, yeah, well, yeah, that would have been her. Like, that would have been pretty fucking cool to give someone. I just don't like the fact that we're giving Kid his third shot, where we could have given Becky Hammond her first shot, the first woman ever head coach his shot. We could have went Jamal sh- Mosley like we talked about his first shot. I'm not sure Becky Hammond would come here with everything that came out of the front office. With, uh, yeah, well, they brought in Cynthia Marshall to fix that, and you haven't heard anything about it since. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's Honestly, like you said. I think it's Becky like Becky Hammond would go to fucking – any team if she's going to be the first ever woman head coach yeah. i would go you know. you're probably right um but it's like you said you know we were talking before we started recording um it's like nepotism but with with your with your buddies yeah, instead, instead of, of hiring your family. your family you're hiding your buddies that's what to me that's what cuban's doing that's what jerry does and that's why you know you're a franchise that only goes so far because i bet bill belichick and robert Kraft, you know 11 months out of the year aren't friendly until they make it to a fucking conference and then Super Bowl championship. Yep. And then they're best friends. Yep. You just got to um, get somebody that's going to run your team and run it like a team and not a business. And going back to the kind of that friendly nepotism thing, uh, JJ Beret and Jason Terry are rumored to be assistants. Last I, thing I, I, I heard. I the JJ thing, but I was like. Last thing I heard about Jason Terry was coaching girls basketball. Probably his um, girl. It, yeah, yeah, no, that's right. Which, and then you know, JJ you got to Bur- start somewhere. And the thing with Kid, they were like, you know, he went straight from player to coach. That's the only thing I could say is encouraging is the last two years he's been with the Lakers on Vogels, and he was the top assistant for Frank Vogel with that team. And he was like, you know, I'm trying to, like, earn my way back up. So that is cool. But, again, well, I would like to see somebody get his first shot over someone getting his third shot. What, what concerns me about Jason Kidd is it seems like he's halfway in, halfway out. He bolted from brooklyn pretty quick he got traded oh that's brooklyn right. brooklyn he did so well they think in his first year that milwaukee traded two second round picks to get him i so forgot he about left that brooklyn from milwaukee yeah because he actually got traded i did i f- totally forgot yeah. about that so maybe he's not so and in. then he got fired from milwaukee so really he's never yeah. left a job until he left the lakers to come here so i guess i forgot that he got traded for yeah you can trade for a coach uh, yeah i totally forgot you totally can um well, I mean, there's other reservations. You know, his record. Losing his ex- record, his, yeah. You know, his experience. Um, but to pair him with Luka, I get it. I get why they're such great point guards with such, such great vision, and he can bring that out. Whereas Carlisle, you know, he played and he won championships, but he wasn't like a starter for the Celtics. No. His kid's a first ballot Hall of Famer, triple-double machine, you know. So I get why they could work 
together better than Carlisle, man. Like, I love the guy, but Jesus, I would not want to be like his son-in-law. He's a fucking hard-ass, man. I think you'd, you'd see he's not away from the court. He's probably a big softy. He's okay, probably... Okay, <laughs> Well, but for players' standpoint... For players, yeah. He's extremely tough on those guys. <clears throat> but I... <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, going back to when I was playing sports, I needed a Rick Carlisle type. Yeah. I responded better to ass chewings than I did... Ass lickings. <laughs> hey. Ew. Ew. <laughs> um, freaking coaches. Don't want to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I mean, there is a place for guys like Rick Carlisle, but I think... Uh, I mean, some of the greatest coaches you think about are not going to be your best friend, especially like Saban, Belichick... Maybe they're dying. Phil Jackson actually probably would be like your best friend. He was a great coach. But that breed is dying out. Yeah, it's more player friendly now. You like. won't, you won't, you won't get that anymore. Um, so the second half of this, second half of this is Nico Harrison, who was head of like kind of basketball operations for Nike. He was like in scouting. He scouted players who they, they wanted mm-hmm. to represent Nike. So he was. Which, a, He's a big LeBron guy, and he played Division One basketball. They said like he does, you know. He is I think a Montana lifer. or Montana State. Yeah, it wasn't nowhere like it was. No, like but he, they've got his but... ne- they've got his number retired in the rafters wherever he went. Yeah, he's D one. I think See, it was I Montana. Did, I didn't know that. I was like, who? You know, who is this guy? He's a Nike executive. Like, I just pictured him being like a, he, like a I don't know like sales guy or marketing no, guy. He's got connections throughout they said the whole. Guys league. Love him. They said that they other franchises, multiple franchises, try to pull him. He was he's been GM up position. he's he's been up for other jobs in the past. Yeah, and he always turned it down. So to say like that we got this guy and that, you know, is the envy of X amount of teams, that's a win. I don't know much, but I was and, like, oh, that, there, if other people want him and we got him, that's good. And, the, and you know, there's probably not legs to it, but there's enough smoke that I feel like we need to bring it up. But he he's a friend of Damian Lillard's. Uh Damian Lillard is not a fan of Chauncey the Chauncey Billups hire. Uh, Dame Lillard wanted to play for Kid, just like yes. Giannis wants to still play with Kid. Yes, and um, so some of the fans were coming out and kind of giving him crap about the hire, um, uh, because Chauncey Billups has some sexual assault allegations from, from like 1997, and yeah, but you know, Kid does too. Well, I know he does, and he's got a <laughs> DWI. But Dame was like, "Look, I don't, I didn't read the news when I was seven years old." Like that actually was a pretty good line. But they're like, "But then they came back like, well, could have resurfaced. You could have researched it." And he's like, "I'm not researching. I'm not just not digging up dirt on yeah, guys." Yeah, exactly. So he's getting backlash from fans, and they're saying this connection with Nico, because Nico, uh, somebody had tweeted when Nico got the we got the job. Somebody tweeted that like. Uh, he, he's an excellent, he's got an excellent basketball mind, this, that, and the other. And then Dame retweeted it and said truth, like in yeah, all caps. That was like his one word. Yeah. yeah. So there's that smoke. There's the Jason kid, him wanting to play for kids. So I don't know how it's going to shake out. Yeah. I don't know what we would probably need a third team to come in. Yeah. I've heard, well, I'll just say the thing with Dame to me, he seems like a one team guy. He always says he wants to just rep Portland, you know, cause they're the team that took a chance on him. But he is from L.A. He's from, like, Compton, actually. So they were like, you know, if he were to come back, they could see him going. And uh, California, 
namely Golden State, because they could package their first-round pick, which is a lottery pick. They have the Minnesota unpro- or protected top three pick for this year, and they could put in Wiseman, who was the number two pick. So they could trade those guys, still keep Steph, still keep Clay and Draymond Green. And I don't want to talk about any Damian Lillard situation. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but how about this one? So then, coming... it, the, then, the, then the other scenario was like this was just throwing it out, like how we could make this work for the for the Mavericks. You, it's a three-team trade, and I don't see them doing this because all basically what we give up is KP to Charlotte. Charlotte trades Terry Rozier and a bunch of picks, which has got to be our picks and their picks to Portland because Portland has to come out on top. They would get Terry Rozier, a bunch of picks, and we would get Dame. But then I was like, all we give up is KP. We keep Hardaway. We keep Brunson. Like, Is there any way we could get Oklahoma City involved with all their picks? Dude, they're like fucking – Dude, they have some ungodly amount of picks. I can't think of the name. What is the dragon from The the Hobbit? I don't know. Okay, well, Schmeagle or something like that? Schmeagle, yeah. Like, that is the dragon guarding all the draft picks. They have, like, 27 picks in the next seven seven, rounds. Seven seven Seven, years. Seven years, yeah. yeah. And, like, 17 of them are first-round picks. At one point, they're like, you can't draft those. You have to trade those. Well, yeah. But I can give you, hey, I'll give you five first-round picks for this guy. Okay. Like, they have all the ammunition. I want to trade KP to... To Oklahoma City for, you know, one guy and a bunch of picks. Let's let's gamble. Let's let's draft these guys. Something unless, we haven't unless been. Unless you can't get a top player like we like like we just discussed, but you know we've traded so many picks and you can't trade consecutive first round picks in the NBA. So if you can't trade a twenty twenty one and your twenty twenty two, you have to go twenty one, twenty three, twenty five. You know you can't yeah. trade consecutive ones. You could trade all your twos away, but it's like we're so short handed when it comes to picks. And who the fuck wants KP? <laughs> Not me. Not me. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of everything going on in Mavs land. Um, Basketball-wise, we're in conference finals. Everybody's hurt. Um not, not Phoenix, man. That's my well, pick. It's Chris Paul. Does Chris he back? Him back like the okay. last two games. He got um, cleared. Uh, they're up 3-2. They're playing right now. I just checked. I think they were up like four at the end of one, so I'm definitely watching the rest of that after this. Atlanta without Trey Young because he hyper ex- – no, he didn't hyper ex- – he um, twisted his ankle and got a bone bruise. Did you see that? He ste- he on like a, on a step back, he like stepped on a ref's uh, foot, and you see him twist his ankle. Gian- Giannis hyper extended. I, yeah, that was a hyper When I saw that, I was like, oh, that, that's the ACL. He's done. Well, and I was like, I was like okay, so no Trey Young. Uh, but they were back in Atlanta because it was game four. But I was like, they have a chance to go up 3-1 without their best player. And I didn't get to watch that game. I was just like, you know, I told Claire, I'll take a break from basketball tonight. I can't watch it every night. She goes crazy. So I didn't watch it last night because I'm more invested in the Western Finals right now. And I was like, you know, Atlanta's going to lose. They're down their best player. And then I see hyperextension, and then they end up winning by like 22 points. Mm-hmm. And I was like, damn, they're back in it. They got their best player coming back. Potentially, I don't know. Uh, but, but if Giannis is out too – Atlanta's the better team if you take away each superstar. Atlanta has a good rounded rounded out team and a guy that in hindsight could have got second or third in coach of the year. Scans came back on Giannis this afternoon. He it's just a bone bruise. Just a hyperextension. No structural damage. But still, I mean, is that a game or two out though? You can't I mean, is that I something would you think, can rush back? I don't think that's I, I, would, I don't think that's like, hey, I'm back next game. No. I think that's one or two games missed. Maybe if they force game seven, he'll be back for that. Yeah. But then it's like do you want to rush your two-time MVP? And nope. I know he's never made a finals, and to be that close, it's going to be so hard to be like you can't play. Take but, the L. But mm-hmm. then I'm like, guy, you are a top five player in the world right now. Like, take the L, I, and yeah, we'll do it next. I can't do that. We'll run it back next season. 
Uh, so yeah, that's the that's where we're at on basketball. That's where we're at on the Mavericks. Oh, we did have the draft lottery. Did we mention that? I think uh, Detroit got Detroit got number Detroit one. Detroit got overall. it. Yep. Um, we'll we'll I brought that up without knowing. Like I know there's like Evan Mo- uh, Mobley from USC. Um, I think there's a big man supposed to go number one. Oh no no no, it's Cade Cunningham from Oklahoma State. Another big man, but we'll get we'll get that list. We'll get that going on when it's coming. Yeah, more around the bend. Weeks, but there right? was the NBA draft, and Detroit's got the uh, the first the first pick in the in the lottery. Right. Um, other than that, a little Cowboys news. Um, we're uh, twenty two days away from training camp at this I point. Wait, um, so we're right there, Hall of Fame game August eighth. So we're literally like five weeks That's away. Like a month. Yeah, I was gonna say a month and a week. Yeah, five we're like weeks. five weeks away from uh, our first preseason so, game. So am I still coming to your house? Yeah, for that first televised for game. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, cool, cool, for cool, sure. Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Um, so yeah, so that's all the that's all the football we got. Um, Dak was out uh, at the Mississippi State College yeah, World Series game. Good luck. He had his little him. bucket hat, uh, which worked because I just got the alert. Uh, they uh, Mississippi State beat Vandy nine nothing in game three Damn. to win their first ever NCAA title in school history. They and they won the last game like thirteen to two. So they outscored yeah. them like twenty two to two in the last couple. Yep. Vanderbilt, if you don't program. keep up, that is a powerhouse. Yeah, they're, they're like program. the Alabama of. They got guys that are like constantly, you know, top five picks. Yeah. So uh, damn, well, good for them. Man. I like to see like a team get it for the first time. So and then cool. he, uh, what a Dak dude. Dak donated. Because he's sponsored by he's nice Beats, and he donated mattress firm or mattress. No, it, it's uh, Beats oh. by Dre. <laughs> well, he I was don't, just trying to think of commercials. No, he donated uh, Beats to the entire Mississippi State baseball team. Damn, that's so cool. he gave them all all Beats, uh, you know, for the World Series. Um, so with that, uh, I found an interesting list. It's a college football list. We. We talked about how big college football fans we are. And this came across my Twitter feed um, a couple days ago, and I was like, you know what? I got to bring this up. Um, And let me give this guy credit. Not that anybody is going to hear, but uh, at Big Game Boomer. Uh, He's an OU alum, college football junkie. He's an OU alum, and he put him in Tier 2? That's actually pretty respectful. Uh, He's a 24-7 college football rankings expert. So God knows – you know a little bit about what he's talking about but he put out a tier list of college football programs so he's got it broken down into six tiers and i want to talk about this with you i just showed you this briefly so you're kind of studying it right now um so let's go tier by tier and let's just talk about it uh tier one he has alabama clemson and ohio state i get that you got a problem there no the only thing i would have gone four because it's a 14 playoff and we'll talk about who we would have put in that fourth spot, but okay, let's fourteen playoff. When you well, let teams. me let me move on to tier two. Tier two, right tier two. I'm gonna work the other way. I'm gonna leave okay. that one for last. Okay. We got Oregon, OU, Notre Dame, LSU, Georgia, and Boise State. Boise State. I don't in understand. Tier two? I don't understand the Boise State. I mean, they had the Statue of Liberty play what fifteen years ago. Like, yeah, that was the that was the apex mountain of their program. I mean, I get. I get for a school their size, they do have some prestige. They do get they some recruits. They put out good players. They yeah, put out good Cowboys. players. Like, yeah. We get we get a Boise State player um, every year, but to put them in the ranks of Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, OU, and even Oregon, I wouldn't put in there. But Georgia, LSU, Notre Dame, and OU consistently top ten programs. So to me, you can move OU up into tier that, one. That's who I would put up, and that's why I was so surprised as a as a OU fan. Like this guy didn't make that call because they always are, man. Like they are. They win Heisman trophies and they make the playoffs. They're their quarterback. You, they well, after they transfer from a Texas school, they um, 
they benefit from a weak conference because with Texas being down, Texas A&M gone, Texas yeah, A&M just, gone, you know, they can run the big 12. Um, they, to me, should be a tier one college football program. Uh, let me get into tier three because that way then we can shuffle some teams down and up. Uh, tier three, you've got Auburn, Cincinnati, Florida, Iowa, Iowa State, Miami, North Carolina, Northwestern, Oklahoma State, Penn State, A&M, UCF, USC, Utah, Washington, West Virginia, and Wisconsin. Yeah, I don't – Anything I don't, that jumps out of you right up front. I would put Auburn, Florida – and maybe A and M up a tier, it, but unless he just had a hard cap on these numbers, Cincinnati doesn't deserve that. Northwestern, Northwestern was a joke program. I know their coach now. It's like Scott Frost. It, no, no, that no, was no, that was. Uh, I think it's like an Irish name, like O'Brien or something. And he really has made that a great program. Same thing with Iowa State. Iowa State's got a great program but now. Now, but I if was we're watching talking them. ten years ago. Northwestern and Iowa State aren't even fucking close. Did you ever and watch UFC them? Aren't even close. Did you ever watch them when they had Seneca Wallace playing quarterback? That's, that's how. Yeah, I, that's, that's how the I only knew. thing I can remember is remember when they had Seneca Wallace and they were actually like winning nine or ten games in the Big Twelve. But like Auburn, Florida, A and M, we talked about it. You could just fill it with SEC teams. To me, yeah, UCF, Miami, and SC and UC. USC have great programs. UCF, in yeah, they benefit I've from a week. Iowa too, man. I love that that corn fed like. We talk about Big, Big Ten linemen. Guys. Yeah, Big. Uh, give me a Big Ten lineman Big any day of the week. Big Ten. All right, let me go down to Tier Four because there is there's some interesting Tier's ones down here. Bigger too. Yeah, and I won't roll some through every. Who's this? All right, so that's Appalachian State. Oh, get the fuck out of here! Appalachian oh, State. Still riding that win from the Big Michigan. House? Uh, Arizona State, Baylor, BC. They've got Coastal Carolina, uh, Georgia Southern, Houston, Indiana. Kansas State, Kentucky, Louisiana, Lafayette, Memphis, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri. Ooh, I don't know that North one. North Carolina State. No, NC State. NC State. That's right. NC I mean. State. Uh, that's what I said. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm just okay. confirming for myself. Okay. Uh, Ole Miss, San Diego State, South Carolina, Stanford, TCU, Texas, UCLA. That's such horseshit. I mean, Texas and Stanford. And Michigan need to be moved up. They don't deserve to be in the same category with Coastal Carolina, Georgia Southern, the Louisiana Lafayette, Memphis, San Diego State. Those guys, do those Appalachian State do they make bowl games? I, I mean, okay, I get I'm a homer. You're a homer for TCU. I like Texas, but Stanford. I mean, they've been in Rolls Bowls. They've had guys that like competed for Heisman's. See, I just need to know Michigan. The, I need to know the criteria. Yeah, that's what I'm if saying. If I is could this... figure out the criteria, maybe I, there would be some understanding into how this was compiled. And like Indiana, okay, they're turning the program around, but that's a basketball school. Kentucky has been Kentucky dog basketball shit. school. UCLA basketball school. Look at look at Florida State down oh, here that's, in tier five. That's sad, dude. They so won tier, a, they won a national championship like not that long years ago. ago. So tier five. Let me go through some of the big ones. Um, BYU, Cal, Colorado. Florida State. Florida State, that's a travesty, man. Georgia Tech, Louisville, Maryland, Mississippi State, Michigan, Michigan State, State who's had some program. good teams. Yeah. Nebraska, Pitt, Pitt uh, let's see, Tennessee, Tennessee. Texas Tech, mm, yeah. Virginia, Virginia and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, that was a great program with Frank Beamer growing up. Uh, and Washington State. See, see, there's more. There's better teams in this tier than there is in tier four. I just need to know what what are we basing this off of? I, I have no idea. This and then guy's we go, list is just getting. To and then we go down to more shit. Then we go down to tier six, which is the last Slap tier. In the face to my my buddy Nate Dog with Arkansas Ar- down here with some. Who is okay. this? Okay, 
Is that Akron? That's uh, Akron Zips. That's fine. That's the only reason I knew that because they have their fucking Zips. Um, so we've got teams like Purdue, Oregon State. Um, Arkansas. Arizona, Arkansas. But, okay, this guy makes a point. His next his next reply after he, he, he tweets this out, he says, For the Arkansas fans blowing up my DMs, complaining that the Razorbacks should be in a higher t- tier, this is why you're at the bottom. And he says, losses over the last 10 years. They've got losses to Louisiana, Monroe, Toledo, North Texas, Western Kentucky, Alabama, LSU, Rutgers. Some of these are great programs. Yeah. Really, once you leave those first three or four. San Jose State. He threw shade at TCU. Uh, yeah, it's like, okay, you lost to Arkansas, or you lost to Alabama, LSU, Colorado State, A&M, Florida, Georgia. You know who else loses them? Every other team they play. So You can't justify that, dude. He, he, he responded back and kind of clapped back to all the Arkansas fans. Um that uh that kind of was chirping at him it's for a good, it's a fun list to look at oh is that best uh, that's most state? passionate fan base oh, for yeah, each I state see A&M up there but San Diego State uh but yeah so that was a fun little list I thought that was fun kind of um, pissed me off though at some <laughs> point just to see like certain colleges that I've respected my whole life and I'm like who who is that next to them is that Akron Zips is that Appalachian State you're saying Appalachian State is on a level with with Texas and Michigan and Stanford, like those guys are like top twenty-five programs every year. Maybe I'll kind of scour his account and see if he kind of gives and any. Boise State, that's the worst. Dude. That's Boise egregious. State on the same tier with Georgia and LSU. That's egregious. You I'm gonna I mean? I'm gonna kind of scroll and see if I can find any kind of reasoning on uh, how he bases this. But yeah, I, mean, I thought that criteria. was fun. You know, with college football, uh, think people love rankings. I love rankings. I love uh, rankings. I, I love pe- lists. I, I am people. I love rankings. Um, so I thought that would be a fun little list for us to go through. Um, but this is bringing us to the end of the show. We're right here at the end. We always end it with what are we watching and what are we listening to. I'm going to go first. Uh, I, as I talked about last po- last uh, show, I'm still watching the Euro 2020s. Uh, yeah. Me too, me too. We're getting into to money time now. Uh, we just had the round of 16 games. The reigning world champions, France is out, Germany and Croatia are out, and Portugal. All of them are out, which is just a weird – it's just weird to have all those teams out, especially France going out to Switzerland. They lost at penalties. Yeah, that was – I got to um, see that. that England cool. got a big win um, against Germany, who's – Germany's kind of owned them um, over the years. So it was kind of like a psychological thing for them to get that win. Weren't they, they were at Wembley for that. They were at Wembley. So yeah. I mean, ultimate home crowd. They advantage. haven't left. They haven't left home yet. They will for the quarters. They're going to Rome. I think they're going to play in Rome. That's so um, cool. But yeah, so uh, dude, could you imagine what England was like last night after that match? Just I mean, nothing but drinking and fucking, dude, in the streets. In the streets. In the. It, Freak in the streets. Uh, so um, England's still alive. Italy's still alive. Belgium's still alive. So there's still some, you know, some big hitters left. You got anybody you're pulling for? Because once Croatia England. goes out, I'm a free agent. England, Croatia's out. I know that's why yeah. I'm a free agent. I, 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 I want to go with England uh, just because I've got some heritage there, uh, and I. They haven't won anything since 1966, so that'd be kind of cool to see. Really, yeah, For such a I would think like prestigious. Well, it is. Yeah, uh, they won the '66 World Cup and damn nothing since. I might be pulling for England, um, man. And then listening, I've been listening to this podcast called Unraveled, the Stalker's Web, and uh, got some tips, huh? Any tips? <laughs> 
uh, not tips you want. Uh, it's just a story about how this guy has ruined the lives of these women and men that he's kind of stalked and made their lives miserable. Um, you know, just using everything from blackmail to extortion. Um, it's just a really good, interesting, interesting series. Unfortunately for me, I like binging my podcast. I'm week to week on this one. And then I just took a chance on one called Relative Unknown. Uh, it's a story about uh, this. It's a story about a hell's angel, but it's told from uh, this woman's point of view. And the story's about her dad, who's a hell's angel, who turns out to flip and become a rat for the hell's angels, uh, and then ends up killing uh, his then wife and his stepson. So that's how that's how the podcast opens, and then you're kind of working backwards from from there um so it was, it was really interesting so um unraveled stalker's web and relative unknown uh are the two podcasts if anybody needs any podcast suggestions always, always what do you got podcast suggestions my two podcasts were once called chameleon it was about the hollywood con queen um it's pretty wild because like it starts with these people and they would get like these phone calls and emails from someone claiming to be like a high rolling producer working for like like, they're an American producer. They always claim to be, like, these powerful women. So, like, Deb Snyder, Zack Snyder's wife, they would – this person would impersonate these women and um, be, like – they would get, like, these low-level, like, industry people, like, hey, I'm a stuntman or I'm a choreographer. And they would be, like, well, I, need, I want you for this new project, but you're going to have to fly out to Indonesia on your own dime. And you're going to have – you know, do all these film locations. And so they would fly across the world. They would spend just, like, tens of thousands of dollars – and nothing would ever come of it. They would just get like these phone calls from these people. And it turns out like it was just a big scam, but they're like, you know, what's the scam? Like I didn't give them any money. I'm just out airfare and time. And it turns out like, should I give a little away? Should I kind of give it away? You think anyone's going to listen to this? I mean, other than me. Okay. So the con queen turns out they like, they had all these accents. They're like, yeah, it's like a whole network of people, right? Because it's like 10 different people that I'm talking to at once. Well, it turns out it's just one person and it's a guy and he's just like this great voice actor and he would be like, oh, like I'm the assistant, right? And I'm talking to you. Yeah, just fly out to Indonesia. We'll film this. It'll all be great. Here, let me put my boss on the phone. And then he would just get into another character and he would transform into like a British woman or an Asian woman and talk on the phone. And they'd be like, you know, I never knew. I thought I was talking to all these different women. Turns out you're talking to like one gay guy, you know, not nothing wrong with that. He just happened to be gay. And <laughs> I just want to make that clear. Nothing wrong with that. Love who you want to love. But it's just wild because it's like, you know, the what he got from this was like power because he could tell you, he would know like you're a starving artist and you want this part. Like you're a bit actor and this is, he'll be like, this is your one big break. You know, I'm a big Hollywood hotshot and I'll get you to come out here. And he would hold that power over them. He would get them to spend all their money. He really wouldn't gain much. They'd be like, he might get a thousand dollars, but they're like, he gets a thousand dollars from one person a week and you multiply that they found out he's been doing it for years and it was just like this long game con and it's like he wouldn't make a lot of money but he loved that power and he would try to get people to like have phone sex with him and just like manipulate them and he just wanted that power over them so it's just really weird it's just like a weird like manipulative like way to do it uh the second one is just called satanic panic and it's about it's Canadian style. So this takes place in Martinsville, Saskatchewan, and it I've documents. To it. It's, yeah, it's, it's good. It's their own satanic panic, and it talks about like in later episodes, the Americans, and I mean it really was like it capped like all of North America was consumed by this satanic panic in the eighties and nineties, and 
kind of relates to the whole QAnon satanic panic we have now, which is like very parallel to that. Um, watching, we started a new season of Sixty Days In. Have you ever seen that? It's where no, people, I know what it is. Yeah. people volunteer to go into jail, mm-hmm. like county jail, and um, yeah, man, it's just wild to see. And I'll tell Claire, like you know, like man, I, it's kind of like that. You know, it's pretty wild in there. She always wants to hear my <laughs> stories of my time, so I'll just make that like little jokes. That extensive that, time, that, bro. One day I'll spent. tell that story. That was. The worst honeymoon ever. Um, and then we had last, since we last recorded, we've had two sleepovers because we do it like either, we do it pretty much on Sunday nights now. Um, the first one, the one we did like two weeks ago or last weekend, I guess, we, we me and Ellie slept on the couch because in that big sectional and we watched Luca, that new Disney movie. Um, it's really good, dude. It's just like teaches about like friendship and acceptance. Highly recommended. And then, this past Sunday, we slept in Ellie has a bunk bed. So Claire was actually on the top bunk, and me and Ellie blew up this. Um, it's like a full sized air mattress, and we slept on the bottom bunk, and we stayed up and watched The Good Dinosaur, the Pixar movie. And I had never seen that, and it was actually really good. Um, it's like this alternate reality where, like, you know, the meteor never hit. So it's like dinosaurs were able to evolve and interact with humans, and the humans in this situation is almost like the pet to the to the dinosaur who's almost like more human and he gets separated and they have to go on this journey together. And it was really good, dude. I highly, highly enjoyed it. And we're one week away from big brother. Big brother starts. Is, next Wednesday. Okay. Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Okay. You got to put me on alert. So I'm yeah, dude, come over. Uh, we might have to record like the next day because it's usually like a two hour first. Ep- it's like first episode and last episode are like two hours. So unless you want to record late, it'll be over at like nine o'clock, but you're more than welcome to come over and watch it with me and Claire. I just don't okay. know if you want to record that night or like record the next night. We or may the night record after. the next night because I definitely need like to be. I need to watch it with you like the first time so I can get like okay, this is Questions the lay of land. And, yeah, this is how. This is what this. Is. So I, I, just, I, w- I can't wait to explain stuff to you. Like I'm gonna geek out so hard. Okay, so next week. Yep, I'm excited. Next Wednesday. All right, July 7th. Um, so yeah, that's gonna do it for us. Um, we wanted to try to unveil some new segments tonight. And if you heard my rant on Best Buy or uh, UPS earlier tonight, we were supposed to get, because I ordered it from Best Buy. Oh, okay. Um, We were supposed to get a new piece of equipment. We were supposed to get a new kind of mixer, like audio interface board. Almost like a third member of the podcast. Yeah, it really really is kind of a third member of the podcast. It's going to allow us to have up to four mics, four guests in-house. We're going to be able to take phone calls uh, mid-podcast. We're going to be able to... Add audio drops, um, little sound bites. Uh, so that was supposed to come in, and we we're gonna do some. Uh, we we're gonna do some new segments. Um, so we're we're probably gonna end up doing that next week. I should be able to get my hands on that mixer tomorrow. Um, but yeah, so next week we're gonna have some new segments for you. We're gonna have some new goodies for you. Probably gonna be playing around with it like a kid with a new toy. Yeah, it can be like lots of fart noises, fart and drops, drops, and yeah. applause and. I can't wait to applaud ourselves. <laughs> I forget what it's called. It's like maybe sad trombones, like burr, 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 burr. yeah. So that all that, be. all that kind of stuff. So we've got that coming for you. Um, you know, it was a huge investment for us, but uh, we're committed to this thing. We enjoy doing it. It's the thing. You know, it's one of the things we look yeah, forward if, to if most. If you only knew like the amount we dropped in the last like two weeks on that thing and our and new mics, mics, like that yeah. tells you how committed we are. Yeah, and we, you know, this is sorry, uh, wives. <laughs> Back seat to the podcast. Yeah. But uh, no, this is episode 21. 
Our podcast is legal now. It can go buy a beer in public. It's been drinking since episode 13, but we don't want to talk about that. Uh, but no, episode 21, we couldn't we, we couldn't do it without the support of our wives. Uh, and, you know, all the feedback that we get from you guys, um, it just drives us to do this more and more and kind of gets us to the next episode. So, um, But we appreciate each and every one of you listening. Every one of you that reaches out, it means a lot. Um, and we thank you so, so much. Uh, but that's going to do it. So for Matt. I'm Andrew. We're out. <laughs>